Go. happy to be back with you all to the Leo Perez show. Every time there is a small hiatus of a pausa, you can blame this on all the situation in the world that we're living. Uh, especially musicians are having a hard time, so we have to break our backs a little bit to get our family running. But hey, today I was recording a balalaika player and he was asking for a lot of money for the recording and somebody said something like, man, it's not my fault that you only play the balalaika. So whatever. <laughs> I'm very pleased to have here two of my best friends and two great minds that I think are really relevant for what's going on right now. Eduardo Gavotti and Amilcar Ortega. Welcome back to the Leo Perez show. Yes, we got you there. How are you guys? Hello, mate. How's it going? Great. <laughs> Hi, so, Amilcar. Eduardo, so, what's up? For the up? first time in our show, we have a, three, uh, a triple connection here. This is a three-continental um, session between Latin America, Europe, and Russia, and Eurasia. And uh, I wanted I, I, to... I, now the UK is no longer part of the... Well, well it's still oh, Europe. <laughs> that's adding, adding, adding more locks to the fire, they say. So I was wondering if we're really like in some sort of real life uh, or in some sort of uh, Mr. Robot episode or something like that. And there were pretty significant events this week and last week and the week before. And the week before, <laughs> the week before, and you can trace all the way back to 2016, something like that, to the beginning of the yeah. Trump presidency. So um, I thought to bring you guys here and to kind of have a little chat from the Internet's perspective and from the financial markets perspective uh, on uh, how do you see what's going on. And just to hit it on, guys, we have a nice role to analyze. So let's start with you, Eduardo. How significant what was happened this week? Was it something really big or is it being overplayed by the media? No, this is, this is absolute madness. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's too many elements. Uh, there's a lot of them that we can, of course, if we have time, we will, we'll take a little bit on each one. But in essence, uh, it's, it's like it's the first time that in the fight between what they call the smart money and the dump money, the smart money has actually lost the first uh, round. Uh-huh. Uh, now, we don't know how many rounds this is going to go, but uh, certainly it's something unprecedented because, of course, with the level of connectivity that people have nowadays, what uh, a group of retail, you know, average guys, when I say average, of course, you know, there's, there's a distribution, you know, you will have people that, in there that have millions, others that, others yeah. that only have like 50K or whatever, but they achieve something that is that is really really significant because they they actually made a, a number of hedge funds bend the knee in in their own game so so this is something that was never seen before so it would be uh, something kind of like when uh, the small football team goes and destroy real madrid like 7-0 or something like that yeah but you don't know Easy. if there is going to be a return game if i lost you guys or you lost me uh, I'll, I'll get back quickly, but yes, it's exactly like that. And actually, it happened very recently also to like teams like Real Madrid. They they lost uh, on the on the on the Spanish Cup against a team from like the third division, and it was like a huge thing. 
the, the difference between the football analogy and this one is the ramifications or the consequences that this may have. Mm-hmm. Because to some people, it's like it, it unraveled or, or it you know, took, took off the veil. And now people can see a lot of the things that were said before as conspiracy theories, as you know, as you know, the people are talking about market manipulation. But there's another side, like the, the actual danger side of the possible effects that can bring the whole market down if certain triggers happen. So, so it's, it's, it's just starting, uh, uh, you know, it's not a matter of one big investment company going down at the moment it hasn't happened or, you know, uh, people suing another investment firm for, for whatever, uh, or people just making money out of a tremendous bet that went right. It's, it's about, uh, the, the, how concentrated everything is and how interconnected everything is that, and how fragile things are that if you just sneeze. You can actually like blow up the whole thing. How how much of element of premeditation do you think this had? I mean, was it something like really really orchestrated? Uh, obviously, for those who are were living under a rock uh, on the last week of January 2021, we're talking about the GameStop circumstance and the fact that a group of redditors, a f- fairly large group of redditors, right, yeah. kind of synchronized themselves into some sort of could you call it an, an attack on wall street or was this more like a prank on wall street or a bit of both neither neither so so it's i i i just think it's, it started as a, a group of uh again retail investors on reddit who had their forum to share investment ideas and and the, and this group of of, uh, of redditors called the, the wall street bets led by this guy who used to be a financial advisor uh, were basically uh, making a, 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 a thesis or a hypothesis on, look, there are certain companies that for some reason that the big guys are, you know, bringing down or are betting against, in this case, GameStop. And, and other big guys saw the exact opposite. There was a change in the management of that company. There were some things that, you know, some plans about changing the business model the, the, the new CEO the redditors that, thought that GameStop had a better future and they were really yes. betting on the company in sense like oh yes. yeah this look promising so yes yes but also one of the factors that they were looking was that that a lot of big institutionals again the hedge funds uh were were betting very heavily that this would not happen so that the old you know shopping mall uh game shop was going to just go down because you know those business models especially not just because of the pandemic but because of how the world lives today no one is going to 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 the shopping malls anymore to yeah. buy like they used to so they were saying look the numbers are reflecting this that like the whole fundamental picture of a company like GameStop as it as it was before is just unsustainable so they were in a way they they had a a, a, very, a pretty obvious bet to to go against that However, the, the, the sort of little guys, again, in, in this story, were saying, no, I mean, we are seeing how companies are transformed by technology and, and innovative business models. And when they brought this new CEO who basically turned a, a, you know, a pet food online shop using sort of the Amazon multi-channel mm-hmm. uh, distribution uh, model for, for this, you know, was very successful. So when they brought him, it's like, okay, this, this may work. And starting combining the two elements, the fact that the company, as you said correctly, may have a better future, number one. And number two, that, you know, if the big guys are 
betting heavily against this, then at some point we can actually take all that money that they are risking. Yeah. And this is when it got interesting because then, then a group of them said, ha, do, wait a second, do you mean that we can actually win the battle against the suits? And, and, and if not only that we can win the battle, but we can actually take all that money that they are actually putting into the market. Like, wait a second, how would it work? And then they started structuring like this thing that's called the short squeeze. With where they, I mean, didn't they became like some sort of hedge fund <laughs> by a doing that? Decentralized hedge fund. That's the beauty of it. <laughs> well, this decentralized is, is probably like a, 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 a cheap tag because it's not decentralized. The fact that they're not organized as a, as a company, but most of these people, they had accounts in the, in the sort of new uh, brokers, uh, namely the, the, the most, the most uh, famous of all, Robinhood. Which uh -huh. is funny because Robinhood is supposed to, again, everyone knows the, the story of Robinhood, like taking from the rich to give to the poor and so on. Well, this is a company that basically was onboarding or accepting clients left, right and center. They grew massively. They, they, it's valued in like $8 billion mm -hmm. before this, this, this whole shambles. They are, they are just about to go public, like to list their company in the stock market for, to, to, you know, to run in an IPO, which is a, a big event in a company. And, and, they were offering basically free trading. Like you can just, you know, you should be able to just buy stocks and not pay any commissions. Like this is almost like you're right. Like you, you don't need to be an institutional to play in the stock market, but it backfired massively because, you know, now you have all these people trying to buy. They don't have the, the, the capital resources nor the, the, the necessary liquidity to, to satisfy this new demand for, for shares. And on the other side, you have the conflict of interest that, you know, by affecting the little guy and, and preventing them from buying more, you're actually favoring the bigger guys that need a way out. So can you re can you say the same thing you just said, but with an analogy or a metaphor, something like that? Like if you if it can come to your mind, if it's hard, I understand. Um, like out of the blue, may maybe I I'll try my best. So let's say, I don't know that again let, let's pick football like football yeah. can be very intuitive to some so Im imagine that that you know again the small team is, is playing against real madrid mm -hmm. and first half they they you know they're winning two nil and then the second half like let's, let's not get carried away let's keep playing like we're doing let's imagine we're still zero zero nil nil and let's let's do our best and real madrid goes like yeah well, don't worry we're gonna win this we're real madrid come on yeah and then second half starts and Three nil, four nil, five nil, seven. But it's kind of like right? it's kind of like the smart team brought like one thousand players, right? Like I mean, yeah. no, no. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like all, all of a sudden it was like the best day for those guys. All of them were messy, you know, whatever you want to call it. But but then you know, it's it's like the the the. Imagine like I don't know that the, the referee said, "Wait a second, uh, this ball is actually like the ball belongs to the small team." So. I think you're playing with a ball that you know how to play with. Mm -hmm. So we should change it. We should bring one that the other team knows best. You know, let's do something about it so that you can't win. The, wait, like the referee said to the to the small team, like, let's change the ball because Real Madrid knows how to play better with this ball? Or did I got it wrong? With another one. Uh -huh. So we, because the small team is used to this ball, so the, and this is not like an official ball, let's just bring one that is like better suited for Real Madrid. But that's like unfair, right? That's the whole, that's the whole thing. And by the referee, I don't mean in this case. I don't. I don't. It's a it's a 
shitty analogy, really, because the referee should be the regulator. In this case, it wasn't the regulator, the one that, that uh, implemented the change. It was the broker, and the broker is the facilitator between one and the other. So, so I don't know. I don't know if it was a good analogy. The, the point I'm trying to make yep. is that the, the, the measures that were taken to, to prevent the uh, one company from failing and allegedly to protect a group of investors was in detriment of the of those investors that you were supposed to protect. Of, so, of the little guys. Of the little guys, yeah. What's that in company that was uh, protected? Uh, Robinhood, uh -huh. essentially, first of all. But also, but also the, the hedge funds that were betting against. Yeah. Uh, and this is, I, I need to explain a little bit this better because when you are shorting or when you are betting for something to fall yeah and it is not working out again it's like you're losing the game because the prices instead of falling are going up yeah then you're left with two options either you you liquidate your positions entirely and eat the the, the losses say okay fine it didn't go well but obviously you you don't want to do that when when the losses are significant so you're left with the option of what's called covering your shorts and the, the way that you cover your shorts is, again, you have a position that the more it's going up, you're losing more money. So what do you do? You take, you, you buy uh, shares of the same instrument that you were shorting so that you benefit from the price going up and that way you offset ah, ah. the losses. So it's like you go like this. Yeah. yeah? So, so, so you do the opposite uh, operation that you were trying to do so, yeah. so you can recover your losses, basically. Uh, or at least so that you can set a, a fixed limit to your to your losses because the problem is that this is not like three five dollars we're talking about billions here mm -hmm. so the more you go and cover your shorts the more the big players need to cover their shorts yeah it means that there's more demand for the stock that's why the stock should like to 350 dollars or something precisely. like precisely but but then and this is like the simplistic way of putting it, yeah because then you have another way which is you can you can enter into this bets with an instrument called options and options is, is, a, is, a, is a derivative is a, is a contract that that gives you the right to buy or sell depending on which one you're, you're taking again if you're betting for the company you, you buy a call option yeah if you're betting against the company you buy a put option and and these contracts give you the right to buy or sell at a at a you know set price at a given time. So for instance, uh, you can, you, so this guy that was leading the Reddit army, yeah. he bought a, a call option uh, that expires in April this year. And the price at which it expires is $50. It means that the moment the, 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 the share price goes over $50, then you're making shitloads of money. Uh -huh. Oh, so because you're not buying like just one option, you can buy it. You can buy, uh, he bought $50,000 in these contracts, which meant that, you know, the multiple can be even like, you know, 150 times. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, so the biggest yeah. beneficiary of this is the leader of the Reddit army, would you say? No, no, no. I mean, he, he played it well. He played it well. And he, he was fair enough to, you know, in, in this group to, to let know the members of the group, like, look, guys, I'm doing this. This is my thesis. This is the, this is the position I'm building. Mm -hmm. He started doing this in 2019 and people started following him. But again, and this is when it shifted because, you know, at the beginning it was like, 
you know, I'm just seeing this as a, as a trading opportunity, as an investment opportunity. He was, you know, he was spotting something that the others hadn't. So, uh, but then when, when, when they figured out that their gains could actually cause an, or, or inflict harm in the institutional players, in the big sharks it of Wall Street, personal. people was like, ha, huh, this is interesting. I don't, I don't give a fuck where this ends. I just want them to suffer. So I'm joining and, 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 I'm, call, and I'm calling my friends. And then all, the whole thing started in a like, rebellious movement. But if you like, there, there was a, an interview that, that uh, the, this guy, the leader of, of well, the leader is, is like a rebellious group. Yeah. He's, let's call him the founder of this uh, Wall Street Pets, the, the, mm -hmm. the, 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 the moderator, the mod. Yeah. That's no, he's one. one of the moderators, probably the founder, the one who started all, or maybe the brightest. I don't know. I don't know the guy. But he gave an interview to, to the Wall Street Journal and he said, like, I'm just a regular guy. I actually, I used to be a financial advisor and then I started doing this on my own from my basement and I had some spare money and I know how to read the markets and I just, I was doing this. Like I have nothing against the, the, the big guys. I'm just doing the exact same thing that other hedge funds do. Actually, the, the very guy from the movie, The Big Short, uh -huh. Michael Berry, did this. So, so he was, he was actually, he, he got to acquire almost 2% actually almost 3% of the company in 2019 or from 2019. Of, of the so same company? Of GameStop? Yeah, GameStop, yes. Yes. Well, and that's all public. You can see it you know, on the, in, in the holdings. Not him personally, but through his firm, uh, Scion uh, Asset Management. I have, I, have, um, I have one more question on this nature. Uh, well, I have so many, but... It's just, it's, it's, it's a massive topic. I mean, the, actually, you, you guys need to stop me. It's like, oh, hold on right there. We'll probably get to it. No, well, in a point that the way to flip this is like, I mean, all of this has these big implications of the internet becoming some sort of mob rule machine, right? In which, I mean, the, the vast amount of numbers of people online synchronized doing something uh, can yeah. perhaps like become a vector into any direction. And I guess that, yeah, go ahead. That, that's, that's exactly right, because it, the, the internet is, is pretty much a, a level playing field until it isn't. Yeah. In the sense that, that, you know, take politics or whatever you want to call it. If you, if you are good at organizing people and if, if, if you manage to, to, to touch the right points or to pull the right strings and you convince people, you don't need to move anywhere. You don't need to be present. You just need, you know, to, to, to tackle or to, or to move a sentiment to trigger something meaningful for the rest of the people to follow you. It's, 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 in some ways, it's like cults uh, work. So, so you have you have cults like religious cults that yeah. you know they, they they follow the leader or whatever. But again, in this case, it was first of all the, an opportunity to make money yeah. that then transformed into something else, and then it became a massive movement. This is of course this this would have never happened if the brokers like Robinhood wouldn't have opened or given access for these people to trade in the markets. And this is also oh. something interesting. There's a saying that. That, 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 I don't know it's if kind it, of like uh, if Twitter if Twitter would not have existed nobody would could have influenced the elections with Twitter yeah something like that so it's like Marx uh, uh, said uh, in the past like you know that, that what happened thing. here yeah no well, well, just one just tiny allow me just one that this is that like uh, uh, hello <laughs> ah, we got a we got a short on <laughs> Amilcar went on short yeah carry on uh, oh, carry so, on sorry yeah, no yes, it's, I, th I thought that you didn't like the, uh, me no, 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 no. 
<laughs> it felt well, like that. I, I, I promise it's not going to be that. Yeah. <laughs> So no, it's like Marx uh, said, like a capitalist would be so foolish to to sell uh, the rope to his vic to, to to his you know to the guy that is going to hang him. Yeah, yeah. Also, exactly. I don't know the exact wording in English. I'm sorry, I learned this in Spanish. So this is so, a case of 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 uh, kind of the market creating its own rope to hang itself. Yes, yes, exactly that. So so that that that's what happened because obviously, you know, Robinhood had all the incentive to bring as many customers as possible and all these fintech companies and tech companies it's all about user growth. Yeah. But but these these people are not not all of them are idiots. Not all of them are like, like you know, selfie guys just doing Instagram on the on the on you know fake uh, cars or fake uh, girlfriends or, or whatnot. Yeah. It, you know, some of them are actually pretty clever individuals. That if they get together, they can cause serious less harm on the one side, but also serious benefit for the community. And if so, I, yeah, I have I have one last question before I flip it to Amilcar a bit to hear his side of things. Like, um, were the people in the financial world seeing this coming, or was it like also a shock for everybody, or were people saying like, "Man, check this out! This is gonna blow"? Uh, no, I don't think that they they were seeing this. I mean, in hindsight, obviously, many many. Uh, respected uh, advisors, hedge fund managers, and so on, are saying like this was crazy. I mean, obviously, those hedge funds that were betting against the company, they bet too heavily, so they probably did not respect the, the rules on risk management and so on. You know, how could they uh, do this in this way? Because one one interesting aspect is that the the there's a coefficient, a ratio yeah. called the, that measures the, the the interest, short interest versus the floating. So how how many in essence is how many short positions or how much interest there is in the market for going against the number of shares that are actually available and the number of shares that people wanted to short or actually to sell was a hundred and forty percent more than the the, okay. the actual shares outstanding which is madness like there's not there wasn't there wasn't enough to actually do this operation this is over leveraging and and whenever you hear leverage, think of a time bomb. Mm -hmm. The moment it explodes, it will blow up everyone, not just the one that is holding it. Well, I, I, I want to flip it like, look, this in a way, in my way of seeing things, is kind of connected with what, I mean, you can make a connection between this and what happened in the Capitol Hill in the first week of January. Like in the sense that these are two events of mobs, you know, being directed towards somewhere. It can be, you know, towards some sort of like castigating Wall Street, or it can be towards castigating democracy. And uh, Amilcar has been a person who was always kind of like looking at the internet uh, on the, on the, on the, you know, a little bit from the vantage point of looking back to where we are being a little bit ahead and thinking about what was going to happen or what was going on. And I guess that my first question to Amilcar would be, are you shocked that this is going on? Or do you think this is part of the same apparatus? Uh, how do you feel about this mob? mob feeling that we have in 2020 2021 and the effects that it has uh first of all i want to say that i'm not claiming uh, causality or, or a connection here but i recently decided that i wanted to make money and of course what's the first thing that that i did i started watching billions and this happened, you know, I'm not saying that I caused it or anything, but it's 
really uh, suspicious. Uh, <laughs> and I, uh, when you told, uh, told me that we were going to do this, I yeah. started uh, document documenting myself, learning about uh, the, the event and everything around it because I'm not... Uh, an investor in any shape or form. And I don't know uh, many of the concepts uh, at play here, but uh, actually Eduardo's uh, live stream was very uh, educational, didactic. It was easy to follow. And, and yeah, yeah, it was very cool. And, and in the, I think it was uh, m much uh, clearer than the other uh, videos I saw. Like, maybe not clear is not the way, but it was like deeper. Like everyone was uh, analyzing this in a very, I don't want to say shallow, but maybe it was High like in a very ba basic way. Yeah. yeah. And your your analysis was like really... Uh, more more deeper uh, and it's in Spanish so everyone watching this that doesn't speak Spanish is fucked yeah. but <laughs> no like uh, maybe uh, you can get into it uh, uh, now later on because there there's a lot at play here but what I what I saw happening yesterday was like the thing that it wasn't present in your live stream because Correct. your live stream was uh, days ago. Yes. And, and the, the thing that happened yesterday that you were alluding to, but I don't think it was clear. I was watching you to talk like the audience and I don't think it was clear was that yesterday the, the brokers stopped selling the game stock stock yeah. and all all of them not only robin hood but uh, there are some other companies that i don't know the name uh, at, uh, right now yeah. yeah but they that do basically the same thing like like democratizing the 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 stock market and all of them stopped selling the the gamestop uh, uh stock and that is like uh, uh, I saw like that barstool guy. I don't know his name. I don't yeah, remember yeah. his D name. Dave Portnoy. Yeah, Dave Portnoy. He was living in an interview with uh, Tucker Carlson, I think. Yeah. Uh, and he was like saying that this is obvious market manipulation. Like, how can they do that? Like, someone has to go to ch to jail for this because. What's happening maybe uh, unprecedented or and 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 uh, maybe uh, it can uh, uh, how do you say it like destabilizar uh, uh, like destabilize 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 the system, but it's not illegal. Like these people are just. Uh, playing the market by 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 the rules that are uh, written and 
they are trying to change the rules. And that was the analogy, the, the referee analogy. Um, but, but the thing here is like, it's like who orders all of these people? Because Robin Hood is probably never going to recover from, for, from this. Like uh, a company that is built on serving the little guys uh, screwing them over like this, uh-huh. like this is exactly. a big play for them. Uh, right. uh, uh, and and who can uh, you have a billion dollar company and somebody who has the power to tell you that you have to basically uh, sabotage your own company and your own uh, way of doing business, your own business plan. And they did it. Like, th- this is big people we are talking about here. Y- yes and, and no, Amita. So, sorry if I may weigh in just, just there. And, and, no, no, and, please. It's, it's a little bit more complex than that. Uh, please. And, that's, and that's, that's where Dave Portnoy, who, who I, I, you know, I have to say, I, I like a lot. Because at, at the beginning, I was like, oh, this guy is obnoxious. I cannot listen to him anymore. But I, mm-hmm. I, I then realized that it was actually, um, he was creating a persona. A Twitter persona around him, uh, and, you know, like like just to capture yeah. a, an audience. But the the guy is actually like like a fair guy, especially what he's doing with a with a with a fund that he started to help the small businesses around the U.S. That's very very noble from him. So, but anyway, aside from the guy, the the complex thing about Robinhood and most of these programs, particularly in the U.S., where is that like the epicenter of of, of of everything that happens that is significant in the financial markets, is that. Why? So, so Robinhood, uh, the way they operate is that they can sell you, uh, uh, they can provide you the service of, of offering you access to the, to the stock market for free because someone else is paying for that bill. It's like the, the old thing in the internet that says that when something is free, you are the product. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're being sold to someone. The same Facebook thing, the same, you know, Instagram, whatever. Like, why would I give you this all this technology and all this access for free? It's because I'm getting something from you that is maybe not, not clear to you. And this is where other bigger firms come into place. So the way any broker works, and, and remember, broker is an intermediary that sits between the, the client or the investor and the rest of the market. It gives you access, so it gives you, you know, they sit in the middle. If you want to buy Apple, then either I have Apple in my, in my, uh, in my balance sheet and I can sell it to you, and then I go to the market and, and you know, buy again, or I can just simply be a pass-through mechanism. So I connect you with the market so that, you know, you can buy it off whoever the New York Stock Exchange or whoever investor is at the other end, and I just charge you a commission. But they're saying, no, fuck that. I'm not going to charge you anything. What I'm going to do, I'm going to give you this for free, as in you're not going to pay any commission. You're just going to pay the, the price of the stock. And then, but that, that information that you want to buy Apple at this price, I am selling it to a bigger firm. In this case, the, the biggest one is called Citadel. And oh, this is what's no. called payment for others flow. So Citadel is paying Robinhood to receive that information beforehand we're oh. talking about seconds, milliseconds, so that Citadel oh, can make this decision like, before the It's money. like Robin Hood is sleeping with the queens, uh, with the queen of the kingdom, something like that. Exactly. So, wow. so but then this is this is where it gets fucked up, 
This Man. is where it gets. But but it seems like it seems like and they, they they are they re, the real client, right? Like yes. they are the real. They're making more money from Citadel than from all of the little investors. Exactly. Probably. Right. This is the business model, and this is what is not clear in the terms and conditions. This is what the, you know. This is what doesn't come in their marketing, saying that you have the right. Actually, they were they were joke, not joking, but they were putting out the, the tweets from Robin Hood in 2016 when they when they were not that big, yeah. and they were saying on Twitter, "Let let the people trade." And, and it's like you know that aged well now. <laughs> speaking of tweets, yeah, yeah. Speaking, speaking of tweets, <laughs> speaking of tweets, the best tweet of the year was like an account. I, I tweeted on my account. It was like an account of an actual Robin Hood account, like from some guy who calls himself Robin Hood, and he's like, and he got just like two and two million followers yesterday. <laughs> and he was like, everybody, welcome to the what's the name of the town of Robin Hood? I don't remember right now, but Nottingham. Nottingham. Yeah, welcome Nottingham, to Nottingham. Nottingham yeah. yeah, the Nottingham Forest, everybody. No, sorry, yeah, I, I interrupted there, Robert. Carry on. No, no, it's okay. And then the, the second, but by the way, this thing of paying for the, this is called payment for order flow. In the US, is completely legal. In Europe and the UK, it's not. The, the regulators in Europe and the UK, they banned this practice in 2014. In the US, this is perfectly legal. It's perfectly normal. They do it. All of the brokers uh, can do it. And, and it's a shame because it's an obvious conflict of interest. But they are saying, look, if ultimately the client gets the share that they want of the price they want, who cares? Well, you know, someone is eating the meal afterwards, but and, and they're not sharing that meal, but anyway. And then the second element, which is very important and, and that makes it even more complex, is that every time that, that Robinhood actually, you know, processes the trade, like Leo wants to buy a, a Apple or in this case, GameStop, uh, then, then Robinhood, when, they, when, they, when Leo does this via options, again, not necessarily via, via uh, the actual stock. But options, options means that I will get it in the future, right? That you will get it in the future mm -hmm. if you exercise it or if you, you can actually sell the option before, it, before, it, before the date of expiry and you just realize the profit and that's it. So, 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 you, so Robinhood informs like, listen, Leo will buy Apple tomorrow, maybe. Uh, no, Leo has the right to buy Apple tomorrow if tomorrow it expires. But he can decide not to do it. He can decide to sell this to Amilcar, who is effectively going to claim it uh, 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 at the expiry date. But isn't that like some sort of insider information in a way? Like, um, maybe that's yes, yeah. yes, and no, because because the, the 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 selling of the data is because ultimately who takes it to the market to execute it is that firm that is paying for the flow. Mm -hmm. So they are providing a service to 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 Robinhood because Robinhood buys through those companies. In, in theory, and and how it works in Europe is that you you cannot you shouldn't give the order to the one that pays you. You should find the best price for the client, and that's the one who gets it. So it would be kind of like as if Twitter and the New York Times start working together. And so if I wanna get something printed in the New York Times, I write on Twitter, and then Twitter contacts the New York Times. This is an important metaphor, and I think it's a bridge. Yeah that we can make. And then it comes to the New York Times, like, look, Leo wants to say this. And then the New York Times know that before it prints it first. And also, it's kind of like the New York Times gets this information, which is Leo will say this later. Yes, will say this. And the New York Times is responsible for publishing it. Exactly. But the New York Times, the only merit for knowing this is that they're paying Twitter more money. Okay, I see. Than the competition. You see what I mean? Yeah. So, so it creates a competition. But, but that, that, what, I, what I'm saying is that the other thing is that regulation wow. imposes imposes to companies like Robinhood that for every certain amount that their clients like Leo, like Milka, are buying options, 
are going to the market, they need to put their own money as collateral. Why? Because these these trades, they're who, not Who immediate. has to put that money? Uh, Robinhood. Robin. They, they need to put it with a central counterparty. Okay. It's called, which is called a, a clearinghouse. They need to put money there because these these trades are not immediate. These trades take like two, three days effectively to 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 hit your account. Like to because ultimately you're buying when you're buying Apple or you're buying any share or GameStop, you're not buying it from GameStop. You're buying it from someone who already has it. And, and so so that company in the middle needs to find who is selling it. So this this is why this is why stock market exists like the exchanges exist because they organize buyers buyers and sellers and this company in the middle so the regulation demands right in case the other leg fails to deliver the transaction like you you it's like yeah. when you order something from amazon in case the seller you know you don't get your your yeah. thing that you bought then we'll go to that money that we we, we force you to put in as collateral to yeah. satisfy the, the 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 customer in the end so that no one gets harmed and the problem is that you know the demand was so high that it was that Robinhood needed to put more than two hundred billion, almost in there. Not two hundred billion is too much. Two hundred million uh, on on day one, on day two, and so on. And it started growing and growing and growing. And and this is where they had uh. to contact the banks and say, guys, we need you to lend us money because we cannot do this. And so and the banks the at some point, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. at some point, the banks are like, you know, guys, we're not going to lend you anymore. So you're going to have to stop. Yeah, is that the rationale why they stopped the trade? I mean, supposedly yeah. that why they stopped the trading because they couldn't absorb this. Yes, yes. Now, the, what Dave Portnoy is claiming, and this is some, he's right to claim that because, or, or to add, uh, at least make the question, is because it's not clear if that pressure came. For instance, the banks not wanting to to release the credit line so that Robinhood could put more collateral, or if it was actually this <laughs> Citadel company and the others saying like. You know, you're gonna fuck my buddies. Yes. Because because again, the, the, you remember that 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 Citadel, the one that pays for the orders of Robinhood clients. Yeah. They also they also own parts of the hedge funds that were going against GameStop. So it's like an, a whole incestuous situation. It's a human, centi human centipede, man. Yeah, yeah. So so it's, it's <laughs> I, I, probably I I, I overcomplicated the whole thing, but it's because That's essentially cool. it's, it's not simple. So, but what I mean is that game game um, Robinhood and all of the rest of the brokers, they have this written in their terms and conditions. They do this all the time. I work for a broker in the UK as well. Yeah, it's not like uh, Robinhood all these things because it's a it's a broker that mostly offers uh, a foreign exchange, so you trade currencies and so on. And, and whenever the markets go crazy and you, you don't know what effectively you're going to do, you can actually pull this clause from your terms and conditions saying, look, we just cannot allow you to buy euros today, for instance. We just but cannot. the broker decides that. The, the, broker the, the, decides broker, that. the broker decides that. Because otherwise, they may be in problems of liquidity, of solvency, and the company can go bust. So it would now, be like Twitter saying, you cannot tweet today about, you know, uh, whatever. Exactly. Let's use, let's use Twitter as an analogy. Imagine that for every tweet that Donald Trump was sending, there were quite a few a day, yeah. Twitter had to put money with a central counterparty exactly. in case <laughs> Donald Trump would blow something. At some point, Twitter was going to be like, this is crazy. I don't have any more money to put there. I have drained all my resources and the guy is not stopping. 
And you know, the rest of the guys will say, well, I'm, I'm sorry, but this is, this is the rules. This is the regulation. You still need to put more money and he's still tweeting. So where's the money? Or, or Jack Dorsey. I mean, th then that's one side, right? And the other side is like Jack Dorsey is um, uh, what, like the president of Twitter is e e ideologically leaning towards betting against Donald Trump. So that's why Donald Trump's tweets are stopped, you know, and we're getting, exactly. yeah. And we're going back to some sort of parlor as well. Circumstances like, I mean, the market yeah. or the internet makes a move and everybody's like, okay, we don't know really what was the underlying reasons. Was it to protect? Exactly, exactly uh -huh. right. Now, now the, the yeah. problem is that obviously PR is shit mm -hmm. and, and the communications department of Robinhood th think probably that they're very clever yeah. and they went to say to the, to the founders like go on CNN and say, oh, we did this to protect the customers. Yeah. Like, come on. Well, it's like Twitter saying that come they're doing on. all of this to protect our yeah. freedom of speech. Uh, exactly. Yeah, they did. Exactly. Yeah. Right. yeah, go on. I I remember I remember a tweet that is uh, a contestant for tweet of the day yesterday. I don't remember who did it, but it said, "Robin Hood is banning outsider trading." <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. So and, and then and then it gets even worse. Like you could you could even start seeing the ramifications of, you know, all of these bigger uh, investment firms, you know, they fund political campaigns. They actually, you know, pay money to the to now the the, the secretary of the treasury uh, in every speech. Like she, she used to charge like you know hundreds of thousands of dollars for every speech that she would give. Yeah. You know, it's it's so there's a, the the word here or the theme here is conflict of interest. And this is where it is. So, so one thing is doing, pulling the, again, the terms and conditions and saying, hey, we did this because, you, you know, otherwise we would, we would go bust. But the problem is, at least in, in regulation in, in Europe and the UK speaks very clearly that you cannot, whatever measure that you take to protect a group, so you cannot choose something to allegedly protect a customer that ends up benefiting a group against or, or, or to the prejudice of, of others. But that's because kind of like the, the story of the modern internet. I mean, that, that's the thing. So, so I think this is this is something. This is just a tip of the iceberg. And probably Amilka, you you know far more of the of the, of the you know this internet story than I do. And and I would be very very curious to hear your opinion. But but you know there, there's there's many people that want to actually break the, the the internet, so to speak, like the monopolies that Google have. Uh, Facebook have, Amazon have over a number of things, uh, and particularly over the use of data. In this case, the data is, you know, financial decisions that would make people a lot of money. But then obviously, when they stop, the, the, they press the pause and people cannot can no longer buy. If no one can buy, obviously, the prices start crashing and crashing and crashing. So if you have these little guys on Reddit, other than the founder of the group, whatever, who, who is now a millionaire, um, mm -hmm. You know, if you enter late to the party with your 10K that you have in your life savings, you're gone. No one is going to give you that money back. I want to I want yeah. to shift this toward. I mean, I'm really interested in the story of Parler because I do see I do see some sort of parallel here in between kind of the regulators or the companies kind of intervening into quote unquote protecting the people. Right. Yeah. But in the end, just kind of pursuing their own interests. And this was the spirit of the initial question that I asked Drop to Amilcar, like, like, you know, uh, how do you feel about 
all this movement that the internet has brought us to, you know, in which we're in a moment in which we're kind of like, we're kind of like giving, given the spoon of freedom. It's something like that. It's like, open your mouth and take your freedom, sir. I mean, was it something that you were expecting? <laughs> was it something that you were expecting to happen? Or are you shocked about the development of things? And do you, is it going to get worse in your opinion? Or how do you feel about that? Uh, I, I tried not to be hopeful because I've been burned so many times, <laughs> but there, there's, uh, like something is happening. Like people are realizing the dangers of centralization. Uh, I don't want to say, I don't want to go to a specific case, but Twitter banning the president of the United States yeah. says a lot. Yeah. Uh, maybe uh, some people think he deserved it. Some people think he didn't. That doesn't matter. The thing is the power that these people have. And there are only like uh, seven companies. Maybe uh, if you go to the whole world, maybe there are 10 companies or 15. Like that's a lot of power to have. And yeah. the, the other movement that's coming the other way it's uh, leaded like, like the leader if is, is Bitcoin because Bitcoin is a decentralized system and uh, decentralization has a lot of uh, missing qualities but it also has a lot of uh, uh, like you have to make sacrifices. Right. You yeah. can't. Uh, like the systems can't be as uh, efficient if they are uh, decentralized. Yeah. Uh, obviously, no. Like uh, uh, Bitcoin, maybe uh, the the more the the the, the more criti the, the criticisms you see more are like it's not scalable. Like it's not, it, it, it will never uh, be, uh, it, it could never serve the whole world. Like it, it works now because only a few people are using it, but it, it, it's not, uh, if, if, it, if we go wide, it will never do that. And maybe they're right in that, uh, uh, like people are working on, on this problem right now, like very smart people. I don't know if they will solve it. I hope they do. But they, like these are the sacrifices you have to make. Uh, like no, nothing is perfect. Yeah. And uh, the centralized system has all these characteristics. And we're just getting started. Uh, like uh, like this is a part, basically a new movement. Like Bitcoin is the first like the spearhead of this movement but uh, and and we are realizing a lot of things watching it unfold yeah. but maybe like i i i know there are like uh, uh, there is uh, a system called mastodon that is like a twitter uh, a decentralized twitter uh -huh. and you host host your own server and your server can connect to other servers, but there's no central server. I haven't used it yet, but 
and, and I don't think it's popular enough, like things like Parler and and Gab and all the, those new services that started rising with with the the right, the American yes. right. They are uh, centralized uh, still, Absolutely, like yeah. just no, they are the all, same. other other. Yeah, they are the same thing, but uh, owned by uh, people that are uh, that are uh, like uh, other ideologies. Yeah, but they are the same. Like uh, truly, the system I I don't know uh, if the centralization will work the way. I envision it in my, like maybe I'm naive, uh, uh, and I think that it will solve a lot of problems. But we have to see. We we don't know. Uh, but I have uh, uh, go going back to the the beginning. Yeah. I have a little hope that maybe those things that maybe the centralization will make uh like and uh, uh like the internet i want <laughs> like the internet the internet i long for yeah that is no I, longer here i guess that it, it goes back there is this kind of recurring question there are two recurring questions which is um which, which are sorry one of them like if i say something on the internet and you go and do something because of what i say Am I responsible for what you did? So that's the question A. And the question B is the platform where I said that, is it responsible for what I said? Because that's that's the, I mean, I am the camp of like, hey man, if I say on the internet, go and drink a beer and you go and drink a beer and then you fell on the staircase because you drink a beer, that's absolutely not my problem. And I know that this reaches, a, there is a point when this breaks down. I understand that. Like what I just said, there is a point where this breaks down. It's something like, but but I, I don't understand that point. That's that's a good source of, you know, of beer conversation material because uh, like, where do you guys stand in that sense? Like, because the centralization is going to hit that rock the moment somebody who get, makes a school shooting because of something that somebody said of incitation of violence. And so then how do you, who do you make accountable for that? Um, I, I live in this sort of libertarian utopia in my head in which it's like, well, listen, that has to be let happen in a way. It's just like it's the fault of the actors. It's not the fault of the platform. I know that they're in, they, it's very interesting because you see the reason why I brought you two together is because the, the financial markets and the Internet are now having the same debate. It's like, should we regulate free speech or should we regulate freedom of exchange. I guess that in the financial markets is a little bit different, right? The, the thing is that that separation no longer exists. Everything is so interconnected. And, and, and you know, now, precisely since the appearance of, of internet and, and, and the free flow of information, there's actually no excuse to say like, oh, I don't know anything about finance or, or me saying, I don't know anything yeah. about internet. That doesn't or, mean that- sorry, we... Or I don't know anything about shooting somebody will kill them. I mean- Yeah, so, so I, I, you know, uh, <laughs> That's not to say that we all of us need to be uber experts in everything. That's not the point, but at least sufficiently informed because, you know, you're, we are, as individuals have the liberty to choose what do we want to consume. So if I, if I, if I sit at home all day just watching Instagram, looking at, or, you know, whatever, football videos or, 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 you know, that's my prerogative. Now, the problem here is the following. As, as America was saying, you know, the, the debate between 
centralization and decentralization is very important because take take your example, Leo, that you're saying what you know whose responsibility is and whether platforms are accountable. So let's imagine for a second that you have a fully decentralized social media and it's completely, you know, you know, governed by the people and that, that's it. I don't know if how it would work, whether the algorithms that present you with the information would work in the same way. Because the, the thing with the algorithms is that they, they have been designed to maximize precisely the revenue of the platform that is that is offering you the service. And again, because you are not the client, you're a user. And there's a difference between a, a user and a client is important. Like if you have if you have a dog and you see a, a commercial of dog food, who's the user and who's the client? You know, the user is a, is the dog. He's the one he's the one that actually consumes the the, the, the product, but the client is you, you're the one who's paying. So so who is the advertising target targeted to? In the case of, of, of uh, Twitter, Facebook, and all these things, they have an incentive of creating a largo, an algorithm to drive you and to feed you with more and more information to make you act in a certain way. If you saw the social dilemma on Netflix, yeah. I, I don't know, you know if, if that's like true story or as in true story. No, I, as in I'm pretty sure that's how it works. Bias or not, that, that's, that, that's, a, that's an element of drama as well in the, in the part where the three little men appear in the in the master room and saying like, you know, this is what we're going to feed you. But it's effectively like this. As in, you, you, I speak to, uh, I was speaking to my wife like, oh, my back hurts so 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 much. And then ne next thing I do when I open my, my, my Instagram, I have an ad on, it's like, what the, it's, it's, this thing's spying on us. And regardless of yeah. if you have your, your microphones shut down or, you know, it's, it, this, these things are spying on but us. A, so, a decentralized system will perhaps not have such an algorithm in the sense that, for example, Bitcoin, exactly. do, does Bitcoin have an algorithm like that? No, right? I mean, it's no, not no, favoring but, but, any trade in particular. But it's open mm -hmm. source. Yeah. So, so any, anyone that would want to create it, if, the, if, if you know, there's too many me mechanisms. Like Bitcoin operates on a consensus mechanism. And it's a full consensus mechanism, the, the, the proof of work and not, not proof of stake. So that's, that, that's why one of the, some of the proponents of Bitcoins are, and I agree with them, is, is far more democratic because it's, it's, it's the one that works the most, the one that gets the reward. And then you, you, you only publish the results in the network when they are completely verified. Yes, then you, then you have other things like the Lightning Network and the nodes and so on that is far more complicated. I would agree with you that ideally a decentralized, like let's say blockchain-based social uh, network or social media would not have these algorithms and you would only see what you really want to see and you would only follow and you would not have these, you know, promoted ads about things like, you know, not right now that everyone is just going through the markets, what do you get when you open a video on YouTube? Even if you want to, show, I'm sure that you, I don't know, Leo, with your son, if you put some YouTube videos, my son, he loves uh, see uh, rocket launch uh, like nasa rocket launch yeah. and every time he, you know i put a video on, on youtube then every five seconds i have an advert of a trading platform coming up why because i'm reading the stuff i'm trading all the time so so i i would i would hope that that, that in, in a world of fully decentralization you know you you actually would it would be fair there's nothing that you would need it to be sold because you are not the, 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 the product of anyone. Exactly. But that's, that sounds like very much uh, a, a utopia. I, I, I just don't know. And I agree with you. Again, it's like, I don't, I don't think that I should be responsible. It's like Ricky Gervais was saying on, on his, uh, on his um, stand-up comedy, which 
which was brilliant. It's like the problem is that people take things like way too personal. Yeah. On Twitter, it's it's like you know, when when you see something uh, packing in our beloved uh, Venezuela, you would go into a public toilet, and you would see all these things written on the on the walls, <laughs> and and you think that all of them are for you. Yeah. And, and you would come out from, from you know, taking a, a shit and all upset because you read all these things. It's like, but relax, that's not for you. Yeah. So. Yeah, now, this this really interestingly connects with a conversation that we were having recently on, on Twitter, the, the three of us. I mean, that I kind of started an answering to some Peter Thiel message, yeah. you know, and uh, about gold. And that's another of the reasons why I actually decided to brought Bridging Bogd here. Um, one question. It there. was another guy. Sorry. Uh -huh, uh, uh -huh. It wasn't Peter Thiel. It was. Peter. No, no, ah, you're right. Peter, you're right. Peter, Peter Schiff. Schiff. It was Peter Schiff. Peter Schiff. It was Peter Schiff. Yes. Yeah. 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 Now the, the next question is this: If I can load, if I can load onto the blockchain, which I believe you can. I mean, I could per potentially layer on top of the blockchain a social media, right? A yeah. social media platform. Okay, then then that that set that argumentation and question of the value of Bitcoin gets settled. I mean. It's like I the value of Bitcoin. It's the capacity to to let's say to layer on top of something. To, to sorry to it's like a platform where you can layer things that are certified to be true, despite of nobody checking that. Would this be it? You, you see my point? Would this be a good way to see the value of Bitcoin? It's like it's a true platform without moderation. Or no, am wait. I going too far? No, no, no. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Uh, sure. Bitcoin is just a decentralized way of exchanging value, and that's it. That's everything. All it does. Ethereum is different because Ethereum is a platform in which you can build things, uh -huh. and you could even probably build a. a uh, social media platform. Uh, I, I I'm not sure, but they mm, they I'm have built sure. a lot of things over Ethereum. Yeah. But but Bitcoin is not that. Bitcoin is just it's a one way application of, of the blockchain. It's just like one application no, no, of the no, blockchain. No. I don't. I, I I beg. Sorry to, to disagree on Go that. Go for it. Because because so so Bitcoin is a protocol. So the thing is that there's the the way I learned it, of course. Imagine Bitcoins yeah, with yeah. one with one with capital B and the other with small caps. Yeah. What's Bitcoin the difference? Sorry, with, sorry, I lost you there. The big capital B. Bitcoin with capital B, as in with tall uh -huh. B, and Bitcoin with with, with, with small B. Small cap. Yeah. Okay. Bitcoin with with capital B is is the network of decentralized computers that are just basically performing operations yes. of verifying. Uh, the, the, all the all the algorithms and that, that and finding an answer to then be published to the blockchain. And basically, so, excuse so. me to interrupt, creating a list is <laughs> like a yeah, list. So, so. It, it's, it's the ledger, so that's that, that, that's that, that's what it is. And then Bitcoin with with small cap is is the is the token is a is the is the coin is the is the value that you're exchanging. Effectively, the thing okay. is that it's far, it's far more costly and complicated, but you can certainly build applications on on top of, of the, the capital network of and the benefit B. from that fully decentralized network the problem is that it costs more money uh, or more value so to speak than doing it on ethereum on ethereum is far cheaper and far and and, and and faster because you don't need you know 
the, the, the things that with, with the miners that they need to kind of like decide uh, uh, the, the, the cost of the transactions in Bitcoin are, are, can be a little bit more expensive, uh, depending on, you know, the, the priority and so on. There's like sort of several levels of how fast can you achieve the results. Do I get more few... safety or more speed because of using the Bitcoin network? It's the proof or... of work versus the proof of stake. You know, there's, there's, there's a lot of things going on there. And, and this is why yeah, you're right. chosen Ethereum to, to, to build stuff because they said, you yeah. know, fuck that. I don't want to do it that complicated. I can just basically create, I, I just jump on top of the Ethereum platform and, and do decentralized apps. It's like this guy was saying, the first decentralized finance app or decentralized whatever app that you have in this world is Bitcoin. Now, you, you can exchange money, but you can use the network to do so many other things. And there's this, this thesis that they, they say that if effectively all the other uh, alternative cryptos, or like they call it romantically, the shit coins, end up disappearing, and then most of the projects that these people are trying to do are going to move on top of the, of the Bitcoin blockchain. That, I don't know, yeah. is possible. It is, been, but... I've been hearing this move so fast that it's hard uh, to, to be on top of it, but I remember that they are effectively working to 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 make a smart contract in the bitcoin uh, network yeah so i think you're right and i was wrong but um i i don't i can't think of another thing that is uh, built over bitcoin are there things running right now that are built over bitcoin it's a it's a fair point because the thing is that the market has decided that uh, the sole purpose of bitcoin at the moment is <laughs> being a trade. store of value yeah no no it's being a store of value yeah store of value is is to hedge against the, the the traditional system and this is very important because it didn't start it like this if you read the original paper the title of the is a peer-to-peer -peer cash system yeah the payment system if you if you hear to all the bitcoin evangelists which by the way i'm i'm sick of them yeah i mean they, they, should, they should really stop like they, they are you know jehovah's witnesses are like really nice guys in comparison to these to, to these guys but they are they they are only waiting for the pandemic to stop and the lockdown to stop to go knocking on doors and say have you heard of satoshi nakamoto <laughs> but, uh, they should they should really stop in my opinion but anyway um so the, the, the problem is that these guys are saying that you should use Bitcoin as money, as in you should pay your coffee with Bitcoin, you should, you should be able to pay your you know, rent with Bitcoin, whereas the market has said, you know, fuck that, I don't need to pay with Bitcoin. Bitcoin is going to be the standard by which wealth is going to be measured. Yeah, yeah. And, and this is something and that I, also, I really, really agree with. Yeah, because right now there's an incentive not to use your Bitcoin, because yeah. if the price keeps going up, I'm not going to be the guy who bought the pizza for 10,000 Bitcoins. Bravo. Uh, uh, yeah. So uh, I don't want to use them. So now it's a sort of value, but maybe that will change in the future yeah, when, yeah. when there's not that much incentive. Like there's Bitcoin is going to stabilize some time uh, I, maybe not in our lifetime but uh, uh, if we see it uh, in a long span of time it has to stabilize someday I, I, I think is if i if i do like a if i let myself 
go and throw like a, a forecast and i'm not mm-hmm. good at that i'm terrible at that i always fail yeah but, <laughs> but i'm I'm, bo- I'm borrowing from from a, from an old uh, boss of, of mine who who said the real game will start when when you are not talking about bitcoin but about the satoshis yeah, yeah, exactly. So, Im- imagine, yeah. imagine one Satoshi, one dollar. For those who don't know, like the Satoshis are the in- infinite, infinitesimal segmentations of a Bitcoin. The, yeah. the, the problem that I have with that, and it's something I didn't, I didn't say to him back then, but I started reflecting on that. It's like, if you think about it, and I'm sorry for my Japanese friends, but Satoshi for, for a currency is like a really shitty name. What's, what does it mean? Well, it's a nice name, but does it has, ah, it just sounds bad, you mean, or it, does it have you know, a meaning? Can you imagine someone in, I don't know, in Mexico saying like, it's just... Ah, but just you can say, idea. think about it. It is, can be so catchy. Like, 20 satos, that? 20 satos. That's not bad. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't know. Like, look, marketing is, 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 a, is, a, is, a, is an art. And I just think that if that's a pseudonym, like, why? Why did you choose that? And, and, and who cares about the name of the founder? But why did you put your own name to the minimum denomination of a currency? Yeah. Uh, unless, you know, we have it even with our, with our own home currency. So there will be uh, the Gavotis or the Ortegas? Exactly. No, but even, you know, our own home <laughs> currency, the Bolivar. I mean, we, we don't get me wrong. I, I, I love my, my country's history, even though yeah. it's, been, it's been raped and, and, you know, and stopped on uh, so many times. Yes. But, you know, it's a disfavor to put a surname as, as the name of a currency, I think. I think Facebook... Yeah. Dollar what happened is, with the knowledge of who is Satoshi? Like, you're absolutely right. What man. happened with the knowledge of who is Satoshi? Like, is this is this something that has never been cleared out? I know there has been rumors, but I I kind of lost the ball, the eye on Bitcoin's source. No, no. nobody knows really. Nobody knows. For, for probably sure. is the guy from Reddit, the guy that's. <laughs> well, who knows? Who knows? I, I yeah, but a... yeah, I Go have ahead. thought about that about the Bolivar, like that's such an insult to Bolivar, what yeah. happened to, to the coin, that yes. I think you're absolutely right. Like if it's winning, it's great that it's called Satoshi, but if it's not, it would be a disaster. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, that, so, you know, they should probably submit to, to a voting in the Bitcoin network to change the name of the, of the minimal fraction of the of a Bitcoin and probably they would make it work. Okay. When I hear the word Bitcoin network, because I mean, the, where we're going with all this conversation is about decentralization, centralization. So what does it mean that there are people who have make, can make decisions about some elements of Bitcoin? I mean, I know that this is in effect the algorithm of it, uh, but is there a sensation? Is there a fear that Bitcoin can kind of like tilt towards some sort of centralization in a point or that's mathematically impossible? Or how, are you guys afraid of that? Uh, I'm not, <laughs> because there's an incentive to keep it the way it is, and that's a monetary incentive, and that's what people respond to. Like, uh, if they change, uh, uh, fundamentally change the whole plan, Bitcoin can go to zero, So, and they don't want that. So I don't think that that is a problem and, and I guess yeah I, I, I agree I, I agree I, I think that that you know that can, can certainly happen with ethereum and, and and other cryptos 
And that could happen in the world if people abandon Bitcoin. But Bitcoin itself, unless they were to, to you know, all, all of the miners who are the ones who support the operation decide not to do it anymore unless there are fundamental changes in the code. But if that, yeah. if that happens, then it stops being Bitcoin and it becomes something else. Because not, not, not only, you, you, you know, you need to fork it, you need to create another blockchain and call it like different, like that happened once when, when they did the, the, the increase of the block size and they started creating Bitcoin Cash and then they started creating also then Bitcoin, Bitcoin Satoshi's vision and, and so many forks that have happened. So, so that becomes something else, and yet the market has gone always to the original one. So I'm not going to say that Bitcoin is going to rule the world. Potentially, yes, I would like that to happen. Um, in, in the sense, again, I, I, I think my, my hypothesis is that it's, uh, like I said, the, the, the way that the wealth is going to be measured, and it will, we will go, in, you know, like, like before it was the gold, the standard of wealth, I think it will be Bitcoin at some point. And for that to happen is, you know, you just need the, the most powerful central banks to start saying like, okay, we'll have it as part of our international reserves and, and, then, and then start from there. Okay, so to not transform the podcast into a Bitcoin evangelist uh, <laughs> <laughs> platform, I just want to say before I move on to another topic, which is that I was the guy who, who bought pizzas for Bitcoins. I mean, in a way, I don't know if I told you that I bought Bitcoins at $100 like ages ago. But what I bought with that money when I sold them was a recording studio. So I'm kind of happy. I'm kind of happy with that decision. In a way. Can, I just say, can I just say a little? Because, of course, we know each other for a while. Yeah. And, and and you were very into Bitcoin yes. when it, when the whole thing just started. Yes, I thought in like in 2017, it's like man, Leo, Leo must be, be millionaire. Like he must be minted. Man, like, <laughs> man, if I if I may if I may tell you the lyrics of a song that I wrote about this, I'm going to do that right now. So the song is called "Learn to Walk Before You Run." And so it's a song about the conversation between my wife and me. And it's related to the fact that all the money I lost because of bad decisions related to crypto. Mm -hmm. So the song kind of goes like this. As I lay beside the road with my eyes burnt and the crust of my soul frozen solid, I wondered how I got here. And I remember feeling wise and the thought of confidence. And I remember the look in your eyes telling to my wife as you as you trusted my ways while I started running. Learn to walk before you run. Learn to walk before you run. Um, it's a good advice. Uh, looking straight into your son may burn or uh, what was it? May burn or uh, may. Well, I just love the words there. It can burn your eyes. That's what I was trying to say. If you look straight yeah. into your son, you can get your eyes burned. I mean, I totally blew it. <laughs> <laughs> back then and it was you know who was the motherfucker who made me blue it well it was myself but i was following max kaiser in that moment oh god that guy so man. yeah there you <laughs> go so i shame I, I destroyed my online presence by saying that but yeah, i started was... you know i i have to thank him because i i also started uh knowing about bitcoin because i was at home not doing much and i was watching the kaiser report and yeah RT was the only decent channel that exactly. I could see uh, back then. Can you imagine how shit the other were? Mm -hmm. So <laughs> I but didn't also, have man, to be fair with RT, RT, RT flipped in a point. It was interesting. I really think no, so. it was it, it was interesting. Yeah. I, I, I did enjoy a few shows, but Max Kaiser, I, I could, you know, I, I thought he was like, you know, some weirdo, but but at least the Bitcoin section got me interested. And, and I started looking at, uh, at that and we talked uh, around the time, which is why 
and, and to your defense, many, you know, no one knew that this thing, no one actually truly believed that this thing would have gone so far. Plus, we are not geared to understand what a 200% gain means. Yeah. You know, we, yeah. we as human beings, we are so, you know, first of all, we, we, none of us thinks that much of, of, of ourselves. So if you buy something and it goes up like 30%, just you feel like you're a millionaire now. Yeah. So you probably sell it just because you don't know if it's going to crash. So, so you know, whoever, that, that's why like 2% of the people control all the Bitcoins because you know, whoever just, you know, fell asleep and, and forgot they had it and, and, know, and are now enjoying the games yeah. because literally they forgot they had it. Yeah, you know, you know what happened to me? I saw myself checking the value of Bitcoin while driving. This was back then. I was like, "Oh my god, oh my god, what the hell, man!" Like, I'm and I th and I thought, "Dude, this is not my profession. That's it. I'm out." Like, that's yeah. what I thought back then. And also, I met the people to build a recording studio, and I was like, "All right, there you go, ten thousand dollars. Let's liquidate this." Bam! And I wow. do, and I bought them at one hundred, and I sold them at seven hundred. So, it was kind of not such a bad deal uh, for me. Look, um, peace of mind comes before everything else. You yeah. can't, you know, it doesn't matter having a million in the bank if you're an absolute lunatic. Yeah, and I'm absolutely terrible at finance in the sense that for me, perhaps the experience of having run a recording studio for 10 years is just worth more than anything else. Like, and all yeah. the uh, human uh, capital that I obtained, you know, it's priceless. It, it can't Plus, be you can always buy again. Yeah. You can always buy again. And that's it. You probably don't, won't be a billionaire, but you can be a billionaire. I mean, who knows? Yeah, man. I don't think it's too late. Awesome. I think early days still. Excellent. Actually, but we won't. Yeah. But we won't. We won't be held accountable. This isn't financial. Advice. Hey, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This okay. is not financial advice. So well, check I'm this out. Broke. Broke. <laughs> don't listen to me. <laughs> check this out. We reached to this point right now. So okay, it's like a mountain we've been climbing of, of everything that has happened, and now the question is kind of like where. Where does this goes next, according to you? I mean, we have two things. We have the platform of trading money and the platform of trading free speech. Uh, what implications first? I mean, I, I guess to give a bit of time to Amilcar, like like what implications do you see the whole events that have happened recently? I'm not talking about the financial events, but the fact that, you know, I'm focused so much on the parlor case because Parler is, a, I don't care about the platform Parler at all. I just came that Twitter came out of Twitter and blocked Parler. I mean, it was like, it was really fun. I mean, it was like, wow. Uh, so, so what, what, what are you expecting? Are you expecting this to carry on in that sense? Or are you expecting some sort of like revolution coming from, from the insights of the internet or? I don't know. I think we let it happen. Uh, it was our fault. We fall in this trap, yeah. and uh, like uh, Twitter is my. It was. It is still. Maybe I don't know. My favorite social network, and to see it doing all these things, it just breaks my heart. Yeah. But but I think it's an uh, an effort. Uh, 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 I don't know how to say it, like a. An effort, a, un esfuerzo conjunto, yeah, like joint effort. effort yes, a, a joint effort, yeah. A joint effort. Uh, I don't think it's uh, by chance. I think everybody uh, is uh, marching to a beat uh, that I don't know who's playing the drums, but the censorship is happening. Like the internet, if 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 now. 
that it, it has already started and it feels like very dystopian and uh, 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 uncomfortable. Yes. Uh, it's just starting. It's oh, just starting. It's going to man. be awful. And I don't, I don't see the solution yet, but I, uh, I think it, it has to happen. It has uh, something, something has, something has to give. I don't think, I don't think, uh, it, it can stay censored because it's, uh, too powerful. It's, it's like, they are like putting harness in a harness in a in a dragon like maybe uh, they can control it for a while but in 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 the long term i think that that dragon wants to be free uh hopefully i don't know yeah. <laughs> and so so you see what you just said connects really cool with it in the sense that are you expecting the dragon that it's being controlled by restricting what Robin Hood can do to come with a vengeance later to hit the financial markets even harder? Is this conversation being held in the financial world? You see my point, right? Yeah, yes, it, it goes deeper than that. Yeah, um, that's I always also, like when answers start when answers start like on, that. On on that specific point and, and even still talking about crypto and blockchain, which also ties in very well. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, um, blockchain-based uh, apps like decentralized exchanges where they're saying, look, this is this operates on a, on a blockchain system. So it so would be like Robinhood, can... but not giving the information <laughs> that exactly. I have to and, and it, guys. It, it, uh -huh. it's, it's completely decentralized. You know, the very users are the Why ones. Why isn't that, that more that... popular? Is it because of a matter of capacity of handling information or is it because people are afraid of the decentralized network? No, it's just because... It, uh, it's difficult. I mean, to to promote something when you cannot put it in 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 layman's terms. And so also, if, and also, maybe it's, people it's, don't like things that humans don't control. I mean, maybe we're not used to this yet. Even though it's contradictory, it's like we want to hire a hijacker to hijack. The thing us. That, that's and that's the thing. It's like you know, you 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 don't have any protections but yourself mm -hmm. and what the blockchain will give you. But again, if you lose your money, you lose your money. Whereas people prefer like, no, I prefer to still stick to Robinhood because at least there is you a know, person there. Dust, there's a regulator that will give me X amount of money, you know, that these people have been there a while, blah, blah, blah. You know, there's, there's, there's too many things that, that, that affect it. But adoption takes time. Uh, I, I agree with Amilcar that people are, are starting to find out, like cracks are starting to appear in the system. When I say it's deeper than that, yeah. I, I don't want to sound like esoteric or like, you know, astrologist or whatever. I hate astrology. But, but you know, it's... We, I think we are in a fundamental uh, uh, existential crisis in the world. Absolutely. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a change of paradigm that is starting. And, and these changes of paradigms never go easily. They're, they don't go from one day to the other. People are starting to note uh, and to understand that Internet is not free, that you know, financial markets are not free. Uh, free markets are actually not free and they, they don't exist. They, they don't own anything. And uh, I think people don't don't uh, own anything. And, and is, is, you know, I found this very, very shocking when when I, very long time ago, I read like whenever you go to browse on the Internet, mo what do you do? Most people go to Google and you start Googling yeah. stuff, but you're not going on the Internet. You're going on Google's portion of yeah. the Internet. Yeah. 
And that yeah. was very, very clear to me when, when, when the social networks starting to have their own browsers. If you click on a link on Facebook, it doesn't take you to Chrome. It doesn't take you to your browser. It takes you to Facebook's browser. Yeah. You're navigating on Facebook's internet, Facebook's space in the internet. Not You're not using internet. It, that's like in an analogy, like what they say to our brains, like we only use like 2% of our brains or, or, or whatnot. Uh, I mean, it's like 2% of the internet. <laughs> it, it's true. It's true. Well, this whole, this whole dark web thing that, you know, to me is quite scary. I don't want to enter because I, I still value my life. I don't want, you know, all of a sudden be, you know, caught in, into a network of, you know, traffic of children that but, I don't. But, but uh, like, yeah, something can, like it, that, you know? can it happen? Can you end up in some sort of like. I don't know. I don't know. Because those people are far smarter than me uh, on, on, on the dark web. Uh, I don't know if they, there's a way that you are, you are exposed so people can steal your data. So I'm too ignorant to still try it. So I'm, I'm afraid of doing that. This is why I don't, I don't like to step into the dark web yet. Mm -hmm. But that's like, you know, the, the percentage of, of the real internet that there is probably that's, that some people don't really are not prepared and wouldn't really like to see how the real world is. It's like someone that grew up in, I don't know, in in in, in London or, okay, in or something like very uh, you know flowery and 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 beautiful and all of a sudden you drop in you drop him in, in Zimbabwe yeah or in Venezuela it's like you said you said it beautiful Leo you, you one of your best uh, uh, quotes mm -hmm. in your life and I, I I always say this to 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 everyone it's like a, a very good friend of mine said referring to you yeah that the world looks more uh, like Venezuela than it looks to England. Of course. It's more similar to Venezuela than it is to, to, to England. And you're so right. Every time I travel, I see this. Even if you go, like I, I go a lot to, to Italy and to Spain. If you go in, into the, the, the normal neighborhoods, it's no different than walking downtown Caracas. Yeah. It's exactly the same thing. Yeah. It's yeah. only in the, in the extremes where it differs. And people live uh, with this fantasy well, of how the world is, that it's really distorted. It's like the world is not like Manhattan or like Berlin yeah. or something like that. And, and I get this clash a lot in Russia. You know, sometimes I'm standing, the city is magnificent. It's like, I'll be, yeah, yes. go. I, I'll be right back. Go for it. Go for it. Oh. The city is so large and so dense and so packed of everything happening. And, and I get these commentaries, which is like, nothing is happening here. Uh, everything is boring and everything is unsafe and it's like man I mean if you could only zoom out and see where I come from you know you will really quickly realize that the world doesn't look like this and yeah. well anyways we, we got off topic there for a bit and I really want I'm really curious to to see what's the what's the feeling in the financial markets about what can happen next because it feels like there are a lot of people with tiki torches on the door trying to burn something out it's that's that's the right analogy because it, and there was an article that probably you read from 2014 about mm -hmm. a very wealthy guy saying that what's coming is pitchforks unless we do something about it yeah uh the thing is that in this case i think that, that what's going to happen next in the financial markets is uh, well the rules are very clear and and people are going to try, when i say people institutions are, are going to try and use those rules to to their favor so lawsuits are going to come from uh, against uh, Robin Hood and all, and all the sorts. But again, these people have uh, not lawsuits. Done. People are going to sue Robin Hood. Yeah, like they, they have done already. They, they have presented 
I was yeah. I was reading the thing, which is like, imagine. Well, I don't know if that's why you could get a lawsuit, but maybe I have some stock in in GameStop right now, frozen there that I cannot sell, and then the price is gonna fall down later, and then I'm gonna lose some money. Is but you cannot sue them for that, right? No, no. I mean, no, because again, what Robinhood has done is not illegal. What Robin, but but you can argue that is unethical. And it's unfair. And which it's is not contrary to their market proposition. Now, now, now again, the, the, the point here is that in the US, it's pretty much everything is about this, the, the letter of the law rather than the spirit of the law. Mm -hmm. So the, this means that if it's in the book, it's okay. So it's, it, and, and the best case to explain this, as I was saying on Twitter recently, is, is, the, is the case of the Olympics. Yeah. Like, you know, in, in 2012, the Chinese teams were basically colluding with uh, and, and they lose on purpose so that they would meet in the final as opposed to you know clashing the semifinals so that they both the Chinese teams would take the, the gold and silver and blah, blah, and they played awfully on purpose. Now there's nowhere in the rule book to say that you should not play to lose, but that goes against the spirit of the Olympics. So they got disqualified. They didn't do anything illegal. Yet yeah. they they got disqualified. In this case, in the U.S., it, it's a, it's something unprecedented and it's going to be very tricky. Because number one, the conflict of interest that exists, but now you have other actors that got interested, the politicians. Mm. So, and, and when the politicians get interested into something, especially if it goes hand in hand with their uh, ulterior motives, motivations, as in if they have an agenda yeah. of, again, undermining some parts of the system, then it can be very powerful. Um, I, I, I think, I, first of all, I think the US is fucked in general. It is starting to get fucked. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and, and, and they're going to, to be rotten in the next probably 30 to 40 years if things continue as they go. And I'm telling you, I, Vladimir Putin is looking looking all of this from his chair, you know, really happily. <laughs> that, that guy must be like drunk since since November. Yeah. And, 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 and happy <laughs> as, as, as probably no, no, no one else. Uh, I, I don't know. And same as, as Xi Jinping. I'm, I'm looking with interest at as what's happening in the Middle East yeah. with all the, the peace uh, agreements with Israel. Right. And, yeah. and now you have uh, Saudi Arabia with very interesting changes. But I, I do think, again, that the, the, this change is not just about the financial markets. Now, what can happen next? I, I was saying in my live and, and uh, the Instagram live that I did that America was referring to, that the, the, the images that come to my mind is the, the, the ones from the movie, the, the film, The Last Samurai. Yeah. Yes, I was so, so, hoping you said that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so you know that that last battle, you know the samurai is a small army, yeah, but very very uh, strong, and they all were coordinated and created this master plan that they were executing beautifully against the emperor's uh, army, and they thought that they were winning, until the other the other side took the machine guns that yeah. you know they bought from from the U.S. and they started basically. <laughs> man but that's that's the metaphor that's the metaphor of the 20th century every time we are every time in the, the 21st century every time we're like here we go you know we get just shelled you know yeah. everybody gets shelled it seems like the structures of power are i mean because the structures of power just got a hold of social media and the uh, big tech you know it's kind of like you okay because they were always saying like if you don't like twitter then make your own twitter okay the guys of Parler were and make their own Twitter, and anyways, you know. But, but, but you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an endless game. So the the 
not uh, not a single battle will define the future but the, the collectively every time the world is moving towards that change so so right now it's not you know wall street is not going to end capitalism is not going to end but again cracks are starting to appear at some point some i'm not you know, i'm pro capitalism me too i mean i think it's, yeah. it's a is a lesser of all evils exactly uh, until something completely different changes but again our brains need to be also wired differently um but but something within capitalism will change the problem is is, is uh, allow me to use another analogy the lord of the rings it's like power comes with a responsibility and when the guy that had the opportunity to throw the ring into the fire and end all of it he was like hmm, you know what no this is mine now. You know what's really cool? I, I, last year, <laughs> last year, and this is gonna it, every My time. Treasure. Every time you start, every time you start saying, you know what's very cool, and then you start talking about the Bible, everything is like everything is like a little bit conflicting in the sense like, but you know what's very cool? Last year I went through and read the, the whole. The Bible is cool. It's amazing. Yeah, I went and went the whole. <laughs> I read what read the whole Old Testament in a really really careful, uh, you know, paying attention to the matter. And the bad news, I mean. I once go, went to see Tool uh, live, which was a very special experience for me. And the whole show started like this. There are good news and bad news. The good news is there are no bad news. And the show started. And that for me yeah. <laughs> was a little in the very beginning. But the bad news is the bad, yeah. the bad news is here that this case of throwing the ring into the fire or not, and, and all it coming down to individual responsibility, we have failed that test over and over and over and over again. And it seems like we're going to continue doing it. I don't know. Sometimes I feel that we deserve the comet. You know, as you know, I'm obsessed with this topic of the Younger Dryas uh, and the, the fact that their comet happened 10,000 years ago and stuff like that. We deserve it. I mean, it, we, it seems like every time we're given the opportunity to make the change, you know, the person who has the ring you know, just decides to wear it. Uh, and, and, you know, I feel that a little bit about Jack Dorsey. It seemed like, you know, all of us who were on Twitter were like, there you go. That's our Frodo. You know, like he's going to carry the ring and throw it into the fire. I don't know if this was like, obvious to you maybe earlier, but for me, it, it, same with all these guys seem to maybe have a meeting with somebody meaningful in a point that just poop flips their perspective and there is nothing else they can do. Even their hands are tied or their pockets are tied. But I don't know if their pockets are tied. When you are making hundreds of billions of dollars, how much more money uh, can you be bought for? I don't understand that. Like, is it something no, about... May yeah. Maybe there are other concerns. Uh, but this is, again, coming back to, to Bitcoin. This is where it's more powerful because you don't have a, a, a person deciding what's right and what's wrong. It's, it's all coded. And, exactly, and, and and that's and and that's it. If you like it, good. If you don't like it, then you're out of it. That's it. But there seems to, uh, I agree with you. But sorry, there seems to be an underlying theme here, which is some people really need an authority to tell them what to do, and they and without the authority or think about it, the boss of the company, like there is not like any like a capacity to move into a topic or a thought. You know, and COVID has been all about this. The WHO said this, so we must do it. You know. And yeah, but and those things will still be there. I mean, it's not that again. Bitcoin is not going to to go to the supermarket for you, and Bitcoin yeah. is going is not going to to send you to school or not. It's just it's just a, a, a an example or a section of your life where you finally can end up having some control if it's successful. At the moment, 
is just taking off. I mean, the, we, we still live in a traditional world and so on, but a, a traditional world that is in crisis. Yes, people people like the again the, the the ideal scenario for most people is to have that that benevolent dictator, the 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 arrow, yeah. uh, the possibility of arrow that we saw in university. That's uh, and and that that just again is an impossibility. It doesn't exist. So exactly because power corrupts <laughs> and absolute power corrupts absolutely. It's not about money; it's about power. Ultimately, yeah. this and 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 again, if or anyone, anyone, I I I find this guy like Chamath uh, Pali Happy Tia, who's now like a yeah yeah a, yeah, a, yeah a man of the people now. Never heard He's of him. Never heard brilliant. of him. He was he was actually one of the one of the growth hackers on on Facebook, like very senior, back in the day, and he go, and he went on the social dilemma now, and now it's like against these things, and he's now creating deals uh, uh, on Wall Street that are very powerful because he's taking he's he's a growth hacker and ultimately, mm -hmm. and he runs a hedge fund as well called Social Capital, where he he connects companies like let's say Leo's company is a small one, and you would never go to a small stock market on your own. Yep. So I will merge your company, I will set up a deal to merge you with a company that will uh, go to a stock market or is at the stock market already, so that you get all the benefits of being in a stock market. And all his trades are going like 100 and something percent, thousands and something percent. And the guy's like, some people say that he's going to be the first trillionaire or something like that. Uh, but wow. he he and and I don't know if if he will ever see this. He's got a resentment himself. Why? Because the guy. Let's face it. We still live in a world that is dominated by white people and so on and these things. I don't want to get too too theatrical about it. I don't the, the BLM stuff and so on. Mm -hmm. But the reality is that the, there's always two sides to the story, and people who come from minorities do have the, the baggage or the resentment of being a minority. It's just that they don't recognize it yet. I'm not saying that they are not right in claiming that they were, you know, bullied at school or whatever, you, you name it, or, 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 or seriously mistreated in their childhood or when they were going for unemployment. This guy is not, is no, uh, is no uh, on, uh, Cinderella. You know, he came from a wealthy background because his parents were diplomats and so on. Yeah. But you know, he's a minority. So, but now, it's like we saw this in our own country when minorities get power. And this guy has a lot of power because he's now minted. He's like seriously wealthy, and he he said it in a and he, he's actually uh, going for the for for governor. He's running for governor of California now. Wow! He said is on he a, left on a leaning, show, or is, is he's obviously left leaning, right? No, he says that he's basically that he's going to change the world. Yeah, he's he's like the progressive. Always afraid of people. <laughs> always and, afraid of people exactly. who say that. So, and he said he said on a uh, obviously he goes on all these talk shows and says like you know. Why not me? Like at some point, I said, like if I want to really change the world, I want to sit in the uh, as opposed to fighting against people. I need to make my way to sit in the same table of the powerful because they they will perceive me as a peer and they will listen to me because I have the I have the money, same as them. Which and that's clever. I'm not saying that the guy's not clever. The guy's smart as fuck, and he's making it. The problem is the psychology. If that guy, if that if, if his ch inner child comes into his head and said, now is your time, now you have the ring, don't throw it on the, oh, yeah. the fire, put it on and rule the fucking world, he's going to do it. Will he, will he keep the ring? What's your Yeah, but 100%. Who, who's, who, who is going to throw the ring into the fire? Like, 
I, I, I don't even think that I would do it, and I'm like the best. <laughs> that's why that that's why that film is yeah. so good because yeah. the only yeah. one that can do it is someone that is book, book. Hard. It's the a, book. Yeah. Sorry, I, yeah, I sorry. I, I have to I have to confess I haven't read the book. Same, same, same. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who would throw the great. ring in the fire, man? That's a good question. Who would throw the ring? No, in no, the fire? It, it, that book has so many metaphors that are great. Hey, a child, that's a good answer. A that, child, absolutely. A child great. would throw it that's without thinking great. about it, man. That, that's yeah, a, that's a great pure. answer. They are pure. It has <sighs> it has another another one that is great. Is like the the orb that Saruman uh, uses and it uh, corrupts him. Yeah, uh, it's more or less the same metaphor, but but it's a good metaphor. Like absolute power corrupts, corrupt. Continuing, continuing with the with the Lord of the Rings metaphors. Ah, sorry, Amilcar, did you wanted to say something? Sorry. Uh, yeah, but it was not about the Lord of the Rings, so maybe you should go. No, first. I was just saying that. Uh, do you remember in the Lord of the Rings there is this king who is possessed by 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 a steward? You know. Like yeah. seeing Joe Biden signing executive orders just totally felt like that, you know, by the way. <laughs> it just felt like really like sign this, Mr. President. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay, whatever. The, the king of Rohan. <laughs> sorry, bro. What? Yeah. I mean, carry on. Sorry. No, I wanted to say that uh, what you were saying about uh, every guy uh, having a turning point at some point in their yeah. life yeah like that there are dark forces at work and they if someone is getting too powerful they get the talk uh, nobody's going to convince me that that doesn't happen i don't have any proof but i've seen the change in too many people not to think that yeah. i don't know what they tell them I don't know how, how the thing works, uh, much less who is the person, but there are there, that happens. Uh, dark forces. Look, um, <laughs> I, I really, I really want to break the. And every time I have guests and I talk with things, I really want to break the um, the taboo of talking about extraterrestrial life on Earth. Really, and I know that it's like, oh come on, we went from Bitcoin to extraterrestrial. Oh my God, this is gonna go there. But dude, like, like I mean, if you take this topic seriously, like if you take this topic seriously and and and, and think about it carefully, it's not absolutely. I, I have two two thoughts to say about that. It's not absolutely crazy to propose that that talk can be an external force, and it's not extreme, yeah. not extremely um, uh, crazy to propose that something like Bitcoin could have created by the external force. I, I really careful with what I'm saying. I mean, I'm not in the stoner territory uh, only because I mean, come on, I respect your intellectual integrity, but it's very funny that I have to make this preamble. The universe has more stars than grains of sand in the earth. It's a fact. You can go and check this fact, check it, you know, and every every star has at least every two stars has one planet like the earth and this is absolutely not like the earth but a planet with potential habitability so i mean how stupid you have to think that to 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 propose the idea that it's absolutely crazy to say something like what i'm saying etc I, I maybe i don't want to go down this rabbit hole but i just want to say that in my private thoughts 
I really entertain that possibility. And I don't take it like, I'm not obsessed about it. I don't think that that's what's going on. But it certainly, one, it, it occupies a third of my, capa of my option. You know, it's like one third external forces, one third, like whatever. And one other third, the Clintons or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you don't have to do the introduction or the disclaimer for me, but uh, I get it. I get why you did it. Yeah. I, I, uh, there's a guy called Anthony Pompliano mm -hmm. and he does a Bitcoin podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he always, <laughs> he's one of those guys that Eduardo is so, so much a fan, uh, like a, <laughs> a Bitcoin you know, you enthusiast. Know do you know yeah, what? Well, I, I think let's, he's let's, right. Let's... Oh, sorry, go on. I'll, I'll say yeah. it later. Yeah. No, no. Only that he always ends his podcast with that question, like the alien question. You think I listen? Yeah. Uh, so it's not. It's 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 not. It's not. It's not. Uh... Listen. I, I just have this. I just had this fact to drop here. If you can yeah. make an intergalactic spacecraft, you can connect to Wi-Fi. <laughs> I mean, there's no question about that. So that opens a can of worms. If there is something like alien presence on this planet. Look, I, I don't know. I, 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 I'm not going to be narrow minded to say, no, that's not a possibility and so on, because I just don't know. But, but they don't have the uh, password, no, obviously. No, one, no, no. One. <laughs> <laughs> to the Wi-Fi. No, no, the reality is that no one knows. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, that, that guy, Pompiano, he's actually, I think he's actually all right. He's, he's just, again, creating that persona, sort of like Dave Portnoy, uh, I was saying to, but I just cannot stand yeah. The, the the pump persona i cannot stand it oh. i think it's over the top <laughs> yeah now now uh, the guy is probably all right and it probably would be cool to hang out with uh now about the the alien stuff the, the the problem that i have with that is that we as human beings always want an, an answer to satisfy our curiosity and we want a, a definitive answer so the alien thing closes all those gaps meets all because it's something like oh yeah surely the pyramids aliens did it yeah, yeah. uh bitcoin aliens did it uh, you know, well, aliens did it, and and and, and there's no, there's nothing more. But but there that. is a mistake to not when you make your pie of choices to discard it. It's also foolish because absolutely, yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. If I learned something over the years because I was very like very absolutist and it's like, you know, uh, is this or death? Yeah. Especially with music, when when you you and I were playing together, I was like so much a Metallica fan, and, and <laughs> it was Metallica or Death. Yeah. I mean, and, and and yes, I would listen to other things, but magnetic you know, I, death. And and <laughs> and then I started like you know opening up and realize uh, now now it's Dream Theater of Death. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> so no no, I, I'm a big fan, but, but no, I I do listen to a lot of stuff, including the things that that, that Leo produces, which are amazing. Now um. The, the, again, it's, it's, it's foolish because the, there's so many things that we just don't know and that we cannot, it's like the, the, the absence of evidence doesn't mean evidence of absence. And that's, that's one of the, the most powerful things yeah. that I read in this book, The Black Swan by, by Nassim Taleb, which I highly recommend. Yeah, I haven't read it yet. I, I will. It really kicks your head. I and want like, to. I've made this a top book. Do you think Oh, no, no. I was going to say, if you think that the pandemic is a black swan, but I want to answer the alien question first because I didn't have the chance. Yeah. And my thing about that is that uh, 
I don't know if it's, it's exactly aliens. I thought uh, I I was very pro that idea until uh, do the Stars Academy uh, uh, yeah. appeared yeah. appeared. When that happened, and show. then yeah. the then the the Pentagon started showing all those videos. I uh, switched to the other side. I, I was like, no, this has has to be bullshit <laughs> because Tom DeLonge can't be right. Like... Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, and now, uh, I, but I think that. Uh, for the world to work the way I think it works, which is that I think that there's a central power. Uh, for there to be a central power, there has to be something outside the human being for that to happen. Because if we if we were just humans, just human nature will make us compete with each other and try to do to, to, to kill Carlitos, right? Like yeah. Benny Blanco kills Carlitos and takes over his operation. Uh, that would happen uh, like every day if it was just humans. For there to be a central power, there has to be something else. Yeah. Uh, and if it if there's nothing else, then there's no central power, and all my thesis is wrong. Uh, I don't know what that something else is. It can be aliens. It can be spirits from the other world. It can be for for the entities. It can be a lot of different I things. You, I introduced you to do a very interesting. I introduced you to a very interesting view of what something like God could be. It could be the topography. The Sierra's a topography. The topography that we're riding. Like, I mean, when you're sitting down on a downhill and you just don't do anything, the downhill pulls you towards it. I mean, you could imagine the universe as riding a topography uh, that kind of... There are two concepts that are behind what I'm trying to tell you. And here we're talking about God. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to tell you a physical interpretation of God. In ter when I say physical, I'm talking about physics. Like, a physical interpretation yeah. of God. An attractor who operates through a topography. Because what I mean about the topography is that the object sits at rest and then it moves through it. So, I mean, it, it could also be a physical entity that has no will. I, I'm a believer in God. I mean, I'm a religious person, personally. Uh, and that's, I, I'm not, I'm talking about an argument which is not the one I believe. But another way I have seen this kind of central power is perhaps as a some sort of topography where we sit in and as we move along space time, you know, the whole thing. It's an idea from Terence McKenna, actually. It's actually an idea from Terence McKenna. It's like an attractor, you know, something that pulls us towards it, uh, that operates through some sort of like, yeah, when, when I say topography, I mean, you know, just a space. That, uh, when I say topography, it's like movement without will, like, like water through a mountain. Something like that. that uh, well, I don't. It's it could be so many things. I I always, when I speak to myself about these things, one question that keeps repeating, and I don't have. I always change it. I don't have a definite answer. Is if you had a chance to ask God one question, whatever God is to you, imagine that you you would get an answer. What that question be? What's gonna be the price of Bitcoin in ten years? No, no I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> that was always <laughs> or were you satoshi nakamoto have you ever seen this uh, uh, simpsons episode when homer simpson arrives to the wisest person in the world and he gets three questions to ask and he's like are you the wisest person in the world yes really yes for sure yes <laughs> you cannot <laughs> sorry sorry bro carry on so uh, no it's all right i mean uh, it was an open question again i, yeah. I don't i don't I, I don't know probably if i ever got that chance i, I, Look, I shit myself and, the, the, and, I, and i lose the opportunity i so, love to talk know. about this and i have meditated <laughs> shitloads about this and the way i kind of see it is like i think that the laws of physics combined sparked a divine intelligence i mean when you when you drop them all it's kind of like chicken or egg situation it's like when you put all the laws of physics all the forces of nature together, boom, it sparks intelligence. And actually the intelligence that we carry inside, it's not like we got it out of nowhere. It's just ever present because it's the result of those forces in combination. And so, but that's obviously my joint, you know, my joint smoking and my stoner theories. I mean, I don't claiming any power behind these ideas. It's just what sits behind my credence. You know, uh, the question that I asked to myself was, is life meaningful? And the answer I gave to myself was yes. And I know as a scientific person that that can only be answered with a leap of faith. You cannot give a scientific answer to that question, if life has meaning or not. But I feel inside of me that it has. So what provides this meaning and what I call meaning is the force that pulls you towards something, the attractor, what provides meaning. I would think that it's something kind of like the forces of nature combined, you know, pulling us towards somewhere, you know. The thing is that to get to those points and, and to get to that thinking, you, you need to, to be somewhat detached from, from the banality of, of, of the world that we live in today. Yes. And that's a very high quality to have as a human being. And what, what I'm seeing is that the world is the, the part of the crisis that we were talking about, the existential crisis, whatever, yeah. the, the paradigm shift. It's a, it's a, it's a spiritual crisis. Yes. People, people, there's, there's a, but there's shitloads of people, like serious amounts of people that do not have a clue why the sun rises every day and sets in the afternoon. Man, I heard a great answer to that recently. Not an answer, sorry, a question asked. We were, we are deprived of deprivation. And, and this puts us in a position where we don't ask those questions because we are deprived of deprivation. Oh, because everyone is just again focused on the bloody phone and, and but and it precedes that enough. if you read nietzsche yeah. you know it precedes that if you read nietzsche if you read jung if you read schopenhauer like they were saying this man 200 years ago it was like everybody's yeah. looking at their piece of paper you know and <laughs> probably, probably and and even before you know people when they didn't know how to read but again they were connected to some other things uh maybe it's a ratio that is constant i don't know Excuse me to interrupt you there, but the, the analysis of Nietzsche is fascinating about that. It's like kind of like uh, Catholicism and, and Christianity kind of created the tools to destroy itself because it made things so specific that it made people to stop, look at the big picture because it provided an answer for everything. Mm. And so it just removed people from asking the bigger questions because it was like aliens, God, cars, God. <laughs> trains god but now it's reverted now it's the other way around it's god aliens Bitcoin, aliens. <laughs> pyramids aliens so aliens truth, aliens truth, yeah exactly the truth lies somewhere in the middle <laughs> aliens man aliens <laughs> twitter aliens no you know what you know what let me tell yeah. you something in my in my version to close the aliens question and i know that this for many listeners can be a boring but in my version of the alien question 
man, they, I, I mean, I'm absolutely not surprised of their lack of interaction with us because it's the same thing we do when we encounter a tribe in the Amazon or something like, man, if you, if you, if you read, if you think deeply about the topic, you will realize that a, the solar system is loaded with every single material that you need for anything. The, the whole question of like, uh, some sort of like material race to obtain some resources. It's an absolute bullshit theory because I mean, any asteroid in the asteroid belt has more titanium, gold, or whatever you want to extract than this than the Earth. You can go and get any materials you want there. Well, that's what Elon Musk wants to do, isn't it? And it's and it's a point. I mean, and I, I, well, I, I, that will take us to another really beautiful topic. Let's hold it there. But but what I want to say is that man, the only reason why I would conceive that somebody like that, or somebody else coming to this planet, is for one simple dumb reason, man, and it's tourism. There is no other reason, really. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. There's no other reason. The rest is just bullshit. Like any kind of person who sells you a sci-fi theory that is connected to some sort of resource hunt knows zero about how the solar system is because of what I'm telling you. And which, by the way, leads me to a really interesting kind of like post topic on where we are. You know, we're kind of like looking towards the future. I know some people in, a, in the Moscow Advanced Music of, uh, sorry, Moscow Advanced Schools, School of Economics that... Uh, are kind of like it's so funny like they're writing a theory about post-capitalism you know and how everything is going to end and because they're going to we're going to run out of opportunities and industries and i'm like okay like um and uh, i want to know like um what trends do you see around you know around the corner like coming up you know decentralization space mining i mean big sky thinking do you see the game clotting or do you see the game flowing so I'll go first, or, or no, Amilcar, if you want to go first, don't know. No, no, please. You. So, so yeah, the, the, for, for, for sure, decentralization is, is, is one of the big ones. And um, I'm not going to say that the, the trivial one, that, you know, sustainability, the environmental thing, because I, I, I think that that's not the, the, what's going to change the world. What, what I think what, and what worries me is again what's happening in the in the back end with uh, the people who actually own the planet. Yeah. With what they're proposing with the great uh, reset. Oh man, yeah. Uh, <laughs> good good uh, point, bro. And 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 that scares me because what what I think again they're building a narrative for people to look the other way and to say like you know focus on this so that you don't come after me. So I'll give you a problem to focus with a clear enemy to go against. Do you think that there is like some sort of marketing department of the elite? This is going to trigger Amilcar, I think, a bit like, do you think there's some sort of marketing department of the elites that is kind of directing these vectors down or these narratives are built? You see, like... Look, I, I, don't, I don't think that they're like, you know, it's not like the evil corporation, that, but of course they all speak to each other. And, and, and what they're realizing, because they're not dumb, is that, you know, that we there's like guy uh, hello prince charles we're losing our privileges here we need you uh -huh. to speak on behalf of, of all of us because you have some sort of credibility god knows why uh to to you know to convince some people about this and you know we already did it with greta we already did it with, with so on people are seem to to responding to this is very clear and the more they they listen to this narrative they will leave us alone and we will for sure so be, you know easy with these things but but that put your question on you know where, where the world is going in trends economic trends and so on precisely because of that they are pushing the narrative of you should not 
uh, strive to own. Anything. I wanted to say the centralized are centralized. You, yeah. So so you 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 should not strive to own your flat, your your apartment, your car. You know you don't need that. Man, I you hate this. I hate this idea. I don't want to have a fucking. I, I hate this idea of the fucking. I mean, I like the. Uh, sorry to interrupt you. I like the concept of shared cars, but I love my car, dude. Like, come on. If the world falls apart, you nobody is gonna stop me from opening my goddamn car. You know, I'm gonna yeah, take my yeah. car and drive it somewhere. God damn it. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. Simple as. Simple as. And and without anything. So so if you think about it, you can break absolutely a, any sort of private uh, uh, good. And 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 let it and let oh, it be public. That's very scary. So, and, yeah. and 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 that and that scares me. Now, will it succeed? I think that they're pushing, and and the whole narrative goes goes for it because there's a clear incentive for the people who actually own stuff uh, to protect it. Because again, different from the from the previous century and 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 the, and the pre-internet era, now you know stuff. Now 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 it's very easy to know what the truth is. Well, so the answer for you would be not owning stuff. It's kind of a future trend that to look to look up to. Yes. So, so people again, the Uber Uberization of yeah. the economy. And how do you see all of this, Amilcar? Where do you stand there? Have you seen uh, this show, Brave New World? Is it's loosely based on the books, but it's not exactly the same story. It's uh, loosely based but the thing they have that is uh, uh, interesting to me is that they present the world the brave new world as something that works you know like uh, and, brave and new all, world, all... Like I say, aldous huxley brave new world or or yeah yeah uh -huh, of uh -huh. course of <laughs> course Mm -hmm. Aldous Huxley, Brave New World, they did a show, it's on BBC America and some other, yeah. uh, I think HBO Max uh, is the one carrying it for the United States, but it's a British show, the actors are mostly British, uh, and uh, the, that world they are presenting has all of these qualities you're talking about like nobody owns anything everything is uh, uh, communal and all your problems are supposedly uh, uh, already worked out by by the system like you just have to go to work a uh, party and and and, and that's it like it's a very uh, sex-free world when everybody belongs to everybody that's the 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 most uh, like that's the tagline of the show like everybody belongs to everybody or or something like that that's wow. the, the thing they are using to to promote it uh, and uh, I think uh, there's a trend going through that. I don't know if that will happen. Yeah. Uh, the the Uberization of the world will happen. The trend I I see that I think uh, it's the future of the world is that comment you that comment you were talking about. <laughs> I think the comment is coming, man. Ah, the comment is uh, coming. Yeah. I I I see like this is a failed like like this is like 
that theory uh, uh, comes with uh, a cycle. Yes. Like, yeah. like according to that theory, yeah. uh, there was a civilization before us, and that civilization was failing, and then the comet came, and then it all started again. Uh, I think this is a failed civilization just yeah. like that one. So I don't know if I'm being like too uh, like too much of a writer, but I see like the story. Like this is where the story should go. It's like if that's uh, why I started saying this episode saying that this feels like a Mr. Robot episode all over the way. I mean it's like we even had the capital storming, man. Like <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and that well, I don't know, uh, Mr. Rowland. I have my reservations. Yeah, I about... haven't seen the third season, by the way. I haven't seen the final. I don't know how it resolved. So uh, I'm not going to tell you. Yeah, I know. But... I know, I know, I know. Uh, also, of course, Black Mirror, like the things they were they were saying like three years ago, and they seemed outlandish. They seem like this is never, no, or maybe this could happen, but in uh, 10 years and they are already here. Yeah, uh, or even the Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, well, no, the Simpsons is another story altogether. Like they, they really, they really predicted everything. I know it's not an original idea, but uh, that's, I, I yeah. don't know. Yeah, you I, know, I, that's my prediction. That's you know, that's the trend I see. I wanna I wanna comment. throw I wanna throw <laughs> I, no and, and I mean what you mean by that I guess I mean if I may kind of add some sort of like articulation to the idea is that like to have a further articulation to the idea it's like well obviously this may go to a collapse point you know uh, whatever if it's external or internal but it doesn't feel stable right? Yeah, it doesn't, and I'll. I'll Another thing I wanted to say is that remember when you said Peter Thiel yeah. uh, at the middle of this yes. broadcast? Yes. Well, that guy thinks that there are no more original ideas. And you mean Peter Thiel uh, or Peter Schiff in this case? Are we talking no, about no, no. Peter Thiel? We're about talking about uh -huh. Peter yeah. Thiel. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, it, and, it, and his theory is that we are uh, developing and leashing off and living of ideas that were created in the 1940s, 50s, uh, and even maybe like Bitcoin that is like the big idea of this century, at least for me, or so yes, if this century, uh, it, it comes from uh, the last century that la, the idea like they were working things out in the last uh, in the 90s even in the 80s I think and they couldn't get it to work until Bitcoin but the idea sure. is from the last century and that uh, the humanity is suffering for a lack of ideas I'm not exactly uh, uh, I, I don't know if I agree or not, yeah. but I, I wanted to say that that idea that the world is running out of ideas, it's not, it's not 
it's not it's going it's it's a fairly I, I, I don't want to say popular because nobody's yeah. thinking about it but this guy is a genius you uh, know like Peter Thiel yeah he's really smart you hear him talking and he really knows what he's saying but you see well I, I give you by the way I give you a quote that can help you in this sense it's like I don't know the answer but I do admire the problem I love that quote by the way you said a lot Oof, yeah love it <laughs> who said that it's my brother <laughs> my brother you what no but but it, it, to be fair with you it was a quote that he used to sign his email for and I think it comes from somebody else if we google it we will get there like where it comes from okay um by the way before i carry on i want to make one little little super like boring i i have a joke in russia which i said babushka leo commentary you know like it's like grandma leo grandma leo okay. commentary it's like uh, uh i know eduardo that you have like some sort of financial credibility to defend you know and in because i know that your opinion it's important i mean when you're a financial analyst you know european it's like a doctor you know your opinion is so I'm really thankful that you're joining two sort of artists here in this conversation. And this is obviously like, yeah. And I want to make this disclaimer clearly for, for the sake of your, I mean, of your financial reputation. It's really important. And I really like that you give us like some sort of like anchor, you know, to this like big sky thinking because artists and people who work with technical details are just different beasts. Right. And they, and it's really great when they interact. Um, I'm an artist. I'm a frustrated artist at heart. Uh, we are frustrated financiers at art. <laughs> um, now I want to say my trend, like the trend that I believe. Uh, it's really, it's really boring. Again, like it's really boring the one I'm going to bring. But I'm going to tell it this trend to you with a story. And I'm going to start by telling you what I think the trend is going to be, and then I tell you the story of why I believe this. The trend is that the hedonistic, uh, the the hedonistic um, modern view. It's going to be proven to be algorithmically wrong, like uh, across okay. the the upcoming, like all this sex freedom, uh, freedom of everything, open mindedness and stuff is going to be proven algorithmically wrong. And and I'm going to tell you a personal story on how I reached that conclusion. I mean, um, so I appointed as the godfather of my son my best friend his name is dexter like my story with religion is very interesting because i i kind of like uh, became a religion uh, a religious person by accident in a certain way and that's a long story and but it, it, it kind of started like i was a hardcore atheist all my life until i got married with my uh, russian wife and by the way today is the two-year anniversary of the death of our beloved babushka allah it's a very beautiful coincidence that this is happening on her anniversary and uh, you said you said anyway, I was like, and then oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like a death bursary. I don't know how to call of our beloved uh, Babushka Allah, and uh, this is the mother of my, the grandmother of my wife. And I, I was a person who, when I was twenty-seven years old, I got baptized into the Orthodox faith. So it literally happened that in a church back door here in Domediedo, in the middle of nowhere. I was naked because when you do a baptism, I was never baptized. When you do a baptism into Orthodox religion, you have to get sunk into water. So I was 27 years old, naked in some place with a Russian guy throw <laughs> throwing me water on top. And this is not where I'm going with, with why I think that this algorithm of hedonism is going to be one of the trends that is going to come ahead. You know, it's the, the collapse of that algorithm of hedonism and freedom. 
an absolute freedom and relativity and all of that. And I think that names like Jordan Peterson are really symptomatic names that come across when you see like why this guy has 3 million followers on YouTube. Uh, it's connected to what I'm saying, but, but anyways, I'm going to tell, I'm going to carry on with my story. Uh, so, okay. I'm a person who have this, I was a hardcore atheist who, when I was 27 years old, got converted into Orthodox Christianity to please Babushka. That was the point. I was like, okay, listen, like my, for her is important. You know, I don't care. Let's do it. You know, because who cares? I mean, if I really don't care, I should do it. You know, if she cares, like if I genuinely don't care. So I entered into that, uh, story. And there is a gap that I don't have time to tell you because in between, in between that situation of me getting a baptism when I was 27 years old and now when I'm 35, eight years passed and those year, eight years passed is what led me to kind of become a, or officially an Orthodox Christian, not because I was baptized, but because I thought it was important. And what I'm not going to talk about now is what happened in those eight years because it's a too long story and it, that's not... And, and it's a beautiful story and I hope to tell it and it's amazing. And, uh, but now I'm going to tell you the, the concrete case of why I think that the trend towards the future is the collapse of that algorithm. And the, because it's just the, the algorithms that come out from something like an organized religion are not arbitrary. They're really not arbitrary. And they come from a Darwinian process of evolution. They were crafted, of course, across hundreds of thousands of years not only thousands of years. Why am I saying that? That's the story that I'm not telling right now. The story that I'm telling right now is a proof of the application of the algorithm when you work outside of something like an institutionalized church and you just see it as, as a part of your life. I appointed as the God's father of my son, my best friend, which is, his name is Daniel Dexter. He's a Hungarian. And him and I are brothers from arms in the punk world. We met each other playing punk music. He has a tattoo here in his mouth that says no God. Wow. Yes. Like down inside of his mouth, like here. However, I appointed him as the godfather of my son, even though he's not a believer, because I thought that my sister, who is the godmother, she represents the city my sister it's like this mainstream you know doctor person and dexter represents the going to camping and teaching my son you know how to live in nature and if i die either dexter or my sister will take my son so i took this decision very seriously and i'm sorry this is going to be a bit of a long story but uh, but the result is shocking so what happened we appointed dexter as the godfather of our son he came to moscow one year ago to to the baptism of Sirius of our son he became the godfather and as soon as he came back to Budapest he disappeared from our lives a hundred percent stop answering my phone never replied my emails I mean I wrote him like 40 50 60 emails like where are you man what's up like you're the godfather of my son what the hell like this is not a joke you know what's happening you know dude I'm really getting angry like you're broken this friendship. This is a, this is a friendship that is kind of like 12, 15 years old or something. It's like very deep friendship. And it was a switch, man. It was like, he just simply stopped talking to us a hundred percent. And I started getting so pissed off and so angry. And so I, like two weeks ago, I Googled how to change the godfather of my song, son, 
like, and I got this answer. I landed in this like uh, Orthodox uh, Christianity websites, which were like, no, man, you cannot change the godfather of your son. If the godfather of your son is broken, you have to fix him. And I called him 40 times until he answered the phone. I was like, da, 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 on his ears on the phone. And I said, man, I was Googling how to replace you, but I realized that I can't. And I'm going to fix you. And so the, the reason why I was late for this broadcast is because Dexter and I were on the phone sharing a normal conversation as if nothing had happened. Because what I did healed the situation. Now... Is this like that because God came from the heavens and spoke to the people? That's not how I see it. I see it because that algorithm was crafted across hundreds of thousands of human experience. The algorithm is Godfather, you don't replace, you fix. Why? Because if you replace Godfather and you repeat this over time forever, there is no society in the future. Because the point is, when you ask a question, can you repeat that forever? And that's the point of some I, I, it's a complicated issue but that's a point of some of the religious algorithms they're kind of aiming towards what action can you repeat forever without damage to society so fuck your girlfriend's wife your boy your friend's wife okay great you can maybe get away with that once you can maybe get away with that twice but repeat it over time and you have no society eventually and the whole question is are we better off with a world with society or without society man i am I put my short bets or whatever financial uh, thing into the fact that we're better with society because here we are having a conversation from Buenos Aires to Moscow to London uh, and we are united by this technology, you know, and all of that happened because we organized ourselves into some sort of tribe. So it's very funny that my prediction is kind of actually the, the reversal of the hedonistic slash party slash uh, sex, drugs, and rock and roll narrative. And you know, as a person from the 90s who went into punk music and to, who entered into all this narrative and I abandoned all my career right now and did everything I'm doing and now I'm like a musician who is doing all of this, I all of a sudden wake up myself and said, man, I was fed up a lie. I was fed up a lie that, or I don't know if a lie, but better said, a, a weak truth. That's a better way to put it. A weak truth that I was going to obtain some sort of meaning by doing all this kind of like liberation by living through all of this liberation and as you, you don't have to give more than five six steps to realize that that's bullshit and that's why i think figures like jordan peterson became so famous out of nowhere because they are resonating with this idea it's like the 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 morality that has been sold to us in the 90s and i think there is a drift between us and our next generation and the, that comes after you know i don't know how is it in it's just that russian world is so different and we don't have a quarantine we, we are going back towards uh, orthodox religion and some of the people in the west may see this as an alarming thing but for us here for us here it feels rock solid you know that's kind of like a rant, <laughs> an no. end of the show rant. <laughs> it's 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 uh, to me it's way way too powerful to to uh, on just to to just throw like a, a three minute response or whatnot. Look, what I would say, Leo, is that if you ever want to do an episode speaking about religion, I'm all for it. Yes, uh, and and about faith because 
you you would not believe how how many coincidences of your story we were like wow that sort of thing happened to me too in, in not the godfather story but yeah. the whole previous was so like no that cannot be it's like you know we share a lot of commonalities there but but it yeah my my, my two cents to that is that living systems uh and ourselves as human beings included tend to kind of revert to the mean like we exaggerate one thing hedonism or or pur purity or whatever you want to call it yeah. and then it tends to reverse revert yeah. to the mean because ultimately we want to exist we don't want to to end so so we are we are coded uh, either divinely or 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 simply bi biologically to to exist uh until of course you know the earth no longer exists because you know the growth of the sun and the solar system you know makes the planet inhabitable and then we're going to have to conquer mars or whatnot that's that's something completely different but 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 i agree i mean the human beings uh, ultimately we're going to find a way you know you know what made me change my mind about all of this it's like the time spans that I'm talking about when I think about humanity are across are on the 300,000 years. They're not on yeah. the 10,000 years. They're on the 300,000 years. So here's the thing. Imagine imagine that 300,000 years ago there was a tribe somewhere in, in, in Latin America, in Africa, whatever, and a snake comes and bites the child of tragically of one of the people in the tribe and the child dies. And so the person goes out from the tribe to find the snakes that killed his son and he found the nests of snakes and killed them all and came back to the tribe 300,000 years ago with the dead snakes and what happened he got the girl I mean because the girls were like oh my god like you're a hero great so what story came out of that unknown came to our lives the snake did something terrible killed our son we went out and killed the unknown and came back and obtain a reward that story it's the myth of of saint george mm. like it's just like it's re it's like retold and retold and retold until it becomes a hard truth it's like it's so many times was analyzed and retold and repeated so now here's a funny question what is the difference between the word of god and that no difference it's just a fact it becomes a fact through Darwinism, through Darwinian repetition, better said. You see? So that's why I was like, ah, oh, man, that, this this is like this book of the Bible is like Harry Potter, but 100,000 years old. When I no, read the, Harry the Potter... Is, huh? so, sorry, it's just that the danger is... And, and look, I agree with you. But the danger is how people interpret of, it and of, use of it course, to their will. Of course. Because then we know we know the bad side of those stories but I'm as super, well. But I'm super skeptical towards... I mean, I'm trying to say it's like danger exists and you can die driving the car when you go to work. Don't I mean, that's a fact. So, yes, there is a danger to it, but that doesn't reduce the fact that it seems like this text when you face something like what I'm trying to tell you or whatever, or like like, you know, being infidel to your wife or something like that, man, it always ends bad. So if you stop seeing it like God came from the heavens and said something and you start seeing it like. Hey, we repeated the pattern for 100,000 years and then we came out with the juice of the event. The juice yeah. of the event is you face what you are not, what you're afraid of and you're going to get a reward. And that's a, I mean, that algorithm, you can flip it, I think, in any ways and you will always reach the same conclusion. Every time you face something you're, you're afraid of and are successful, right? Because obviously, if, you, if the snake kills you, 
you were not successful. So, but if you're successful at facing something that is fearful to you, you will get a reward. And so whatever, I mean, we, we got ourselves very far away from the topic, but that's my prediction. I think that, I think that we're going to go, I mean, and you know what, you know, who called it? Terence McKenna called it again, you know, Terence McKenna called it in his book, the archaic revival. That book is like from the nineties, man. The book is like, what a coincidence. And by the way, I have to say this tattoo, that's a tribute to Terence McKenna. That's this, all the tributes to Terence McKenna. Like Terence McKenna was calling it, man. Like the archaic revival means you know, I was telling, I, I was giving a lecture yesterday to my students because since the last time we saw each other, I became like, a, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm mostly a lecturer now and it's, I'm tripping it a lot. And so when you talk about polyrhythms in music, you're talking about two kind of two, two shapes of music that are are like like of the different shape, you know, that eventually after a certain amount of repetitions come together. So they form a new larger structure. You know, I think that culture is going through this polyrhythmic loop that came to a reset. And it came to a reset recently. And that's why we're kind of like going back to some sort of archaic traditions. Uh, and so that's kind of my, I mean, and then I would stop calling this prediction mine and I would give it to Terence McKenna, you know, which is a, br a more powerful brain than I am. My prediction is some sort of continuation of this archaic revival, something like that, uh, because... Yeah, we had enough of technology, maybe. Sorry. Yeah. I think that the Godfather story was beautiful, man. That yeah. was amazing. And that should have been the end of the broadcast. Yeah, I agree. Because it was too too powerful to even keep talking. <laughs> You yeah. know, like that was no, it's amazing. True. It, it wouldn't make and, any and it happened today. Like that's yeah. great. Yeah, I love it. And it happened on the anniversary of Allah's death, which was it's like these triangles. I really didn't fabricate this. I promise you. It's not like I was waiting. Like oh, Allah's death was like Allah, the grandmother of Anya. It was Anya told me yesterday. Allah's death was like, uh, like today is that two years. I was like, oh, okay, cool. So. That seems like a good way to call for the logotype of the show and say goodbye. It's been two hours and, and 20 minutes. Very enjoyable. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank awesome, you, guys. We can this do this was... again. Hopefully not in the middle of a, of a major crisis, but, you know, I'm all for you it. Know, you know what, 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 can, what, what is really amazing? I mean, what, what is a good indicator that something big happened this week? That we said the word COVID like once. <laughs> yeah, and we didn't talk about it. That's great. That's yeah. good. Yeah, that's great. That's going to call for another one because I have to talk to you about <laughs> the perspective of the Russian experience on the COVID. I mean, I'm telling you, there is a disconnect between what we're living here and what you guys are living there. There is no lockdown here since September. No, man, sorry, since May. I'm not joking. Wow. And we are absolutely not seeing people dying like flies in front of us. And maybe this is going to get the whole video banned because of some WTO contradiction. But whatever. Yeah. Big brother yeah. is watching. So, yeah, cool. Awesome. So that, that goes yeah. for another episode. I mean, of course, I'm not a COVID yet. I mean, I respect the whole thing, but I have some stories to tell you from here. Like, and it's really fascinating. I mean, isolate the, famous, man. I, I isolate the week, man. That's the best thing you can do. Yeah, we learned cool. that in Russia. Yeah. All right, I'm going to stop the stream. Thank you very much, everybody, for joining. Whoever joined us till this late, it's been a joy to hang out with you guys. And it's been a joy to piece off the world together. Thank you very much. Have a good night.
Cheers. Bye-bye. Yes.